presented by The Hockey Shop, source for sports language, thehockeyshop.com. This is Ingle Radio, the podcast. Our best wishes to David Hutchison, who's on assignment, working on something really cool that you're going to be excited about. He'll be back uh, next week on Ingle Radio, the podcast. Uh, so we welcome in the co-founder of Ingle Mag. Here is Kevin Woodley along with Darren Millard. Uh, we're, we're knocking on the door of the season. Uh, rookie camps are underway all over the place. It feels kind of like we're in that weird space. It's close enough, but you can't quite touch it. Yeah, it's a little bit of limbo. And I almost feel like from the journalism side, like there's captain skates here in Vancouver already and all the players are there and there's a lot of media. It's almost feel like it feels like training camp. Like there's daily media sessions and I haven't been there because I don't have anything to write. The season hasn't started. Like, like we haven't had our, it's going to be really weird when they do their medical day and all their like podium interviews. Cause most of these players have already talked to the media. I, so it's, I, I feel like, let's just start camp so I can sort of feel like it's okay to be officially plugged into the team. I almost feel like a stalker if I go out to those things too early. And I did, I went out and I talked to Thatcher Demko casually, but to sort of be sticking the mics in the face, it just, I don't know, man, that's a long freaking season. It feels a little premature to me. A long season, but a season that uh, we are within weeks of getting underway inside of a month uh, to the start of the national hockey league schedule. And during that time, we will have the rookie tournaments and the start of training camp and the exhibition schedule and sort some things out. Uh, a lot going on, uh, which gives us an opportunity to promote what's happening over at ingolmag.com. Yeah, you know what? I, I do feel a little naked without my running mate Hutch here today because it feels <laughs> like we've been attached at the hip for like the last six weeks. Um, it's been nutty since the start of August, uh, nonstop travel and gathering. And I got to be honest. I've been a little slow sort of turning all the content we gathered into content the InGoal Premium membership can read, but we're getting there. It's coming. We had an article that went up just today, actually. Devin Levi talking about meditation, you know, that sort of uh, that the little sort of Jedi uh, dual scene that where he drops to the knees during a TV timeout and actually meditates. There's some roots in Star Wars there. So we, we pulled that interview from the podcast and turned it into a little article. Uh, we've got pro reads. Pro reads are still going up every week, and we have so many to get through. Like literally, probably like sixty or seventy in the can waiting to get to. We threw another one up this week with Connor Hellebuck, and man, you talk about reading the rush. That's three straight rush chances that I've thrown at Hellebuck over the past couple of months in our pro read video sessions. And there's a reason this guy leads the NHL when it comes to those straight line. You know, why well, I say straight line, but with passing option attacks. Nobody seems to anticipate them as well as him. And he was so kind and generous with his time and with his insights uh, to share the tips, like the cues he's looking for to pick up, whether it's a shot or a pass, how he sets his feet, depending on that, how he moves his body, depending on that, and even right down to how he reads releases. So three great examples from Connor Hellebuck, past Vezina Trophy winner online. The latest one just went up today. We'll have new stuff from him, from Devin Levi, from Jed Kreese, from Loren Brassois, Thatcher Demko, Linus Almark, constantly adding to the pro reason. We've got a lot of drills coming as we work our way through the video from both our time with Devin Levi and our time in the Net360 goalie camp. So lots of, lots of new stuff over the past couple of weeks and lots, lots, lots more coming over the next couple of months. New stuff or pieces of information and contributions that have been up for a while that you can go back and look at uh, at Ingle Mag. 
with the pro rates, uh, lean on players, but you have to be a premier subscriber, right? Of course. Yeah. No. Um, and I would say, listen, like I'm biased clearly, but I'd say it's the best deal in goaltending right now. We've had a lot of professional goalie coaches tell us the same, like the idea that you can basically sit in on a video session with now over 35 NHL goalies. I think there's 190 plus video reviews online with goalies sitting down watching their saves. There's no better way to learn to read the game. Um, And we're grateful for them sharing those insights with us. And there is a cost attached to us traveling and doing all these things and, you know, basically having a job. And so, I mean, 50 bucks Canadian a year is like, what, two cups of coffee in the States? It's less than a sharpening card. And there are literal, if you become a full-time annual member, you get access to the complete archives. There are over a thousand videos up for you to watch. NHL goalies, you know, right back to Carey Price. Um, And we've got some news there this week, but... You know, our days on the ice with Carey Price, tips that will resonate, whether you're an eight-year-old goalie wondering where to put your stick on the post when the play's below the goal line, or you're a pro wondering where to put your stick when the play's below the goal line. Like, we've got everything, and it's all covered at ingoalmag.com. Uh, that's a, a fascinating part of the game. Uh, you watch goalie schools and camps and the different elements, and it's so important, but it's one that uh, some guys... Girls just quite frankly have trouble grasping and getting their head around. So uh, awesome stuff there uh, with goal line uh, protection and what to do with your stick. We'll get to the feature interview brought to you by Sensorine. A couple of uh, feature interviews. Brandy Osborne is here and uh, so is Ian Clark, the director of goaltending and goalie coach with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, but you mentioned Carey Price. That reminds me of CCM. And our gear segment this week uh, brought to you by uh, The Hockey Shop, uh, thehockeyshop.com. A source for Sports Langley dealing with the CCM Eflex 6.5 and the 6.9. Yeah, no. And before we get to the new stuff, you know what that means anytime we introduce new stuff. And it's actually been in the store for a while. But as we talked about last week with the True 7X3 line, we're having a little trouble keeping up. There is so much new gear at the hockey shop right now um, that we can't, we can't get to it fast enough. So uh, they've had this for a while. Cam's had a chance to sort of get comfortable with it, get customer feedback on it. Um, but that also means that last year's models are on sale now. And so there's the back to hockey sale on right now at the source for sports hockey shop, check them out at the hockey shop.com. Um, but also the new stuff. And, you know, the one thing about sort of the second price points, when you have the buying power that, that cam has with the hockey shop and source for sports, you get sometimes to pick out some special features. And that's what we've got this week in the CCM eFlex 6.9 and 6.5 some source for sports hockey shop exclusives that'll give you features on the lines you can't get anywhere else at that price point. And so to break down all the details, let's go to Cam and he can explain it to you. Welcome back to the hockey shop source for sports. We're here in Goldie Utopia with Cam Matwiv and a couple of different lines from CCM, part of the E-Flex 6 series. We're going to go sort of down the tiers. We haven't done this yet this summer with the CCM line cam. We've talked about the E-Flex 6, but the lower price derivative. 6965, some source for sports exclusive. Exclusive. Some source for sports exclusive. exclusive. Cameron gets extra things exclusively. Exclusive. Because of his buying power, because of his expertise, we know that when he gets a special thing 
for you as goalies. It's actually going to help your game. He, he picks the right thing. So we'll get to those. But first, just walk me through generically what 6.9 is, what 6.5 is, where they fit on that price point scale, and what options are available, not just for senior goalies, but for our intermediate and junior size kids as well. Yeah, so we'll start off with the, the 6.9. That SPC one's on my leg, buddy. Exclusive. That one's on my leg. Leg pads. So as we start to kind of tear through their lineup, so yes, this is their um, second price point. So step down from like the pro pad. Um, so we did this before with another brand, and we forgot to like. So that's a that's an eleven hundred dollar pad. Whereas what would you be paying for an Eflex Six Pro? Ah, uh, you're like twenty twenty one. Okay, so there you go. It's roughly half the price. Correct, correct. But you don't get half the features. You're still getting a lot of those same pro qualities and same pro playability out of the pad um, that you would be getting in the, into that pro. So, what is this pad? Who's it for? Why? What makes it exclusive? So, uh, we'll start with the back strapping of the pad. And those that are familiar with our EFLEX 6 video that we did, you'll see that actually a lot of this looks the same, which it should be. So, again, we were talking about a lot of those pro features kind of coming down into that um, mid price point pad, doing that similar style of strapping. That integrated knee that CCM is now doing. So we're adding a lot of stability to the pads. So this is an important call out for sure. DRS system is in there. Exactly. Two, coin the proper phrase. So uh, for the senior series, we're uh, single internal, single external brake. So still some decent flex to the pad. Some good flex to the boot too as well. One of the exclusives. So we're going with a little bit of a different style toe bridge on this one, which creates a little bit more adjustability than what the inline would have. The inline has just a regular little flap at the top. We Sorry, I'm just going to time out because, you know, we have like in-goal um, dictionaries. What does inline mean? Is that the stock? That would be the stock. What everyone else has, not what you have as Source for Sports at the hockey shop, Source for Sports. Yes. There we go. Inline. Inline. Defined it for our folks who not, didn't. Not like roller skating inline. We're talking about inline I mean, product. people might have been confused, Cam. I'm here to I, help. Just in case. Confusion. Just okay. in case. So this is an extra. This is a Source exclusive. You exclusive! Get, you can offset it on the inside or keep it in the middle. Your uh, elastic toe tie. Keep going, Cam. I'll get out of the way. <laughs> so having this uh, basically adjustment here is that now I can decide exactly where I want to put that elastic and or switch it back to a lace depending on exactly what you want to do. Um, the nice thing here, though, is that if I do put a little bit uh, lower, I'm creating a little bit less stress on the hips and the knees because I can bring that elastic closer down and bring your skate down closer to the ice. I noticed no bootstrap, but they have attachments for bootstraps. Do they come with? They do not come with. The pocket is there and as sold separately. Okay. However, in most cases, recommend keeping it off. This just creates a little bit more of that open boot. Again, promotes that skate blade getting down to that ice a little bit closer. I feel like we your have, I feel like that's a whole other segment we can do. Why you should or shouldn't have a bootstrap. But we'll move on. This pad. So I'm getting less. I'm paying half the price. I'm getting a ton of features that are similar. What am I not getting in this that I would get in a Pro E-Flex 6? So as we talk about quite often here is the core. And this is, uh, this is similar as you're kind of going down through the series and everything else that we're about to talk about today. So one of the big things is that control foam uh, that they use, control uh, for rebounds, or max core to get a little bit of a right, stiffer so core. Softer or more active rebounds. Not something you're you going to get that here. layer of extra foam on the face of the pad. That's correct. So that's one thing you don't get. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, you are going to find uh, a couple of exclusive colorways, exclusive, um, in uh, that 6.9 series, as well as the rest of our um, line all the way throughout. Eflex 6 is stock plus two or plus one and a half? This is plus, plus one. one. 
But this, this plus one. I noticed plus Senior one and a half. You fancy? Yes. Yes, so you're going to only find that um, in these SDC pads. So you're telling exclusive. me that's a hockey shop source for sports? Exclusive. Oh, man. He's killing me. <laughs> so we're going to need our producer. Exclusive. Exclusive. Oh, he's gonna, I'm sure we're going to have a field day with it going all the way around. So that's a 6.9 pad. Correct. Before we go down to the 6.5 line, is the 6.9 available? We'll go to the gloves and the blocker real quick, but also senior, intermediate, and junior in that, or just senior and intermediate? So 6.9, six senior, intermediate leg pads. Intermediate leg pads nice are going to be a way. plus one. Nice colorway, by the way. Yes, nice and slick once so again. plus one in the intermediate. Yeah, you can check them all out at thehockeyshop.com. Of course. We'll back to that later. Um, so yes, you're going to see those exclusive colors come down to the 6.9, plus one only, uh, 30 through 32. I believe it was off the top of my head. Um, senior, I've got um, 33 all the way up to 35. Um, plus one and a half. That plus one and a half, that's correct. Okay, blood um, blocker, let's go. Stop so, rambling. Stop rambling. All right. That's my job. The ever polarizing, the ever interesting, the ever most talked about TCM 581. Okay, 581. Stock 6.9 glove. Uh, what's different between that and, again, your regular inline 6.9 glove? Um, skate lace, double T. Those are source exclusives. Exclusive. Thicker pump. So, so more padding. Correct. You don't have the D3O that you get in. That's what you get in the E-Flex 6 Pro line. That's correct. But you still have We still have an upgraded padding. felt uh, in the actual pad itself, which really actually doesn't affect the overall feel of these guys. So a little bit of a quick backstory with this too as well. So all of our uh, SDC 6.9 gloves have gone through a super secret special breaking process. So you notice I can actually do this which is quite important because initially they were quite, quite stiff. So we've well, we talked about it in our review uh, as they've evolved their glove line. Um, we love how they break in once they're broken in mm -hmm. and our, all our testers have, it's getting to that point that's taken a little more time. You guys have taken some steps so it won't be as, as much of an effort once you get the glove home. Correct. Obviously, you still have some work to do ahead of you. No, any glove that comes off the wall. But that says we made it a little bit uh, easier. So. Again, covering those quick uh, differences between the glove. Again, same matching colorways that we're going to see here. Um, great overall feel. Is it right for you? You can give us a call and talk about it. 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. E-Flex 6.9581 glove is stock, but lots of extra features. Show me the blocker real quick because we still got a whole line in 6.5 today. Yes. So still matching colorways. Exclusive. Sure grip palms. And this actually goes through the entire lineup all the way down even into the 6.5. So this is an upgrade over what you would find in your stock inline product for the 6.9 or 6.5. So a little bit of extra feel, a little bit of extra control, a little bit of a longer term durability feature, um, just in terms of for the club uh, not getting as crusty as possible. So uh, one other note that's definitely worth calling out is the index finger. So on the index finger, you will notice there's actually a little bit of a finger wrap pad that goes around. Again, that's just giving you a little bit of extra protection uh, uh, so on an E-Flex 6 Pro, that's going to be a D3O insert. Correct. They don't have the D3O in there, but they have added padding. And again, that's a source for sports. Hockey Shop exclusive? Exclusive. Wow. A lot of things you get if you buy. If you're looking at the 6.9, buying it from the Hockey Shop source for sports is the place to go because you're not going to get all these extra features everywhere else. So real quick, Cam, because we're cooking through the time here. Yes. Uh, 6.9 on my right leg, 6.5 on my left. 
Now we're getting into junior, intermediate, but they also have no, seniors. No, 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 no oh, intermediate. Okay. No, 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 Just junior and senior. Just junior and senior. Okay. What do you get less in this pad that compared to the 6.9? Okay, so let's focus in on the junior series. Uh, the most. I'm so actually quite impressed that it appears you get sort of a built-in DRS-style knee. So you still get that as you I tiered all the way down through their lineup. So that's, again, something that's not necessarily exclusive to us, but that is part of the features of the pad itself. So you're still getting that added stability. What you're going to find on the junior pad that's different with ours versus everybody else's, um, you are going to get better flex. So single internal, or sorry, single external, dual internal. So we get a little bit more bend to the actual pad itself. So for a young goalie who's just yes. sort of trying to, you know, master the skating, you don't want that pad to be too stiff and interfere with the sort of the natural motions. There's a lot of flex. So a quick fitting pad. note though, we are finding that these are fitting a little bit taller than their previous series. Almost about an inch different, for example. So sometimes so that, that boot is a little steeper. Boot is a little bit steeper, but also because the thigh rise is stiffer as well, even with that added uh, break inside that pad, it is kicking the pad up on the leg a little bit. So, so again, just a quick fitting note. Good to have that fitting note, but if you want to get fitted, you've got questions, you need to know what size to buy your kid, always make sure you give Cam and his crew at the Hockey Shop Sports a call. Uh, Cam, real quick, 6.5 blocker, 6.5 glove, Outside of, that's a 6.9, isn't that's it? That's a 6.9. You, you gave it your best effort. That's fine. So I should have just found the one that was sized for your hand because I can't fit mine into it. Uh, exclusive. Easy there, Cam. Two. Sure grip. Cam the two palm. blocker Matt Wiv, they call him. Yeah, Danny Blackburn. Let's go. All right. Still sure grip palm. You see that again on, trickling all the way down. Moving on to the glove. Still get that skate lace pocket. Nice, deep, nice and open. So uh, help to keep question. those pucks in there. Skate lace pocket is source for spores. Exclusive or this <laughs> Got a little on me there. Perfect. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so, okay, no extra padding in the, in the junior. We don't want to make it too, too hard to close. Um, the Everall glove itself, again, skate lace, good overall feel, um, can get it nice and tight for those junior hands. Um, once again, nice colorways that all line up through that 6.5 series. DCM. 6.9, and 6.5, available at the Hockey Shop Source of Sports. They've got tons of inventory. They've got answers to all your questions about sizing, about needs, including... What is Kevin's issue? You know, who we got is those problems. Four, at what level can I get away with 6.5? At what level do I need 6.9? Can I mix and match 6.5 and 6.9 pads and blocker and gloves? These are the types of questions that Cam Hat and his crew have the answer to here at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. That's it for today. I'm going to go take a shower. I haven't had that much slobber on me since we had a puppy. I know. You were just so excited about this gear. It's fine. You're just drooling all over the place. Say it one more time. Say it. Say it. Say it. Make sure you check them out at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports where you get... Exclusive! <laughs> options on your gear. Love the layers of the lines uh, that are coming out from the manufacturers and the, the CCM 6.9, the 6.5, and the different uh, elements and how they change from one to the other and it, what you're getting uh, as added value, but also uh, what you're giving up from the pro line, which a lot of us don't need. So uh, there's uh, some real decision-making and advantages uh, for you, the consumer, uh, right now. And uh, 
on the subject of of CCM, well, that's Carey Price, right? That's we 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 saw Carey Price uh, as the CCM guy, and he was back in the news this week, even though we haven't seen him uh, skate for a while. Yeah, no, um, it's funny. Um, you mentioned Price and CCM, and I'm looking at a at a cover from the Ingle sort of PDF print edition um, way back in the day, Darren, before we had a podcast and, and we got to know each other. Uh, but Carey Price on there, face of another franchise is the headline. It was him introducing that first CCM E-Flex line. And, you know, it feels like not all that long ago. And yet here we are, uh, Carey announcing this week, or at least telling reporters this week that, you know, despite his best intentions and wishes, the knee that has kept him from playing since that run to the Stanley Cup final is almost certainly going to prevent him from ever playing again at a competitive level. And that's, uh, man, that's, as a goalie fan, that's sort of tough news. Even if we were all prepared for it, even if I think most of us knew this was coming and was inevitable based on, you know, whether you're whether you're close to it and have heard it from from other people that know him, or I think just general speculation, it seemed like it was headed this way, but it still sucks to hear it. Um, one of the true greats, a guy who's, the way he played the position, so many young goalies modeled their games after him. You know, like just he was that human how-to goalie DVD is how I used to describe it. It was so. But honestly, like we got, we got to spend some time with him. And so it, it hits a little harder, I think. But just goalie fans, right? Like Kerry was the guy for so many of us. And it, it's tough to see him go out like that. And I think in retrospect, as much as I think the entire goalie world was cheering for him to win that cup final, to 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 have that cup, knowing that it would have been going out with the Stanley Cup, it would have meant even more. But at least he got one run to the final and you know, Olympic gold medal and and so many great moments in his career and just he's gonna be missed, man. Like he's he's gonna be missed. Yeah, a run to the final. Like that's the last hurrah was was his run to the final. And it was so good. Uh, unexpected. Totally, totally out of left uh, field. If there's one part of Carey Price, and I loved his just uh, smoothness around the crease and his ability to make saves without really making it look like he was putting everything in to it. It was just so calm. Uh, I would I would trade places and take his mental game and his approach every day of the week. Oh. Just chill, man. He was chill. So chill. And like there, there was an element of his playing style that had that too. Like there was, yeah. a, there, you know, there was such an efficiency to his movement. A lot of physical match the mental. There. Yeah. hundred percent. And, you know, to hear him, like he's going to spend time with his family, but to hear that one day he wants to maybe be involved, maybe come back to the Canadians in some type of coaching capacity. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, if you have the opportunity to have any of that rub off on your young goaltenders to sort of pick his brain and try and sort of achieve the sort of Zen like status that he enjoyed in the crease. Um, like I would be all over that if I was that organization. His number goes up there. Has to, right? I, Ooh, that's a tough one. I would think so. Like for me, it does like, like just the, like the it's, franchise totals. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the top of the list, no, and most of the, yeah. in most of the franchise categories. Um, so I think, I think it has to, it's just such a storied franchise. Right. And, and so yeah. I don't know off the top of my head, what other everybody numbers else won, right? Everybody else. Right. Of course, it was a different era yeah. and there. But yeah, like, like in my mind, it does. But I mean, <laughs> hey, listen, we're, we're, we're going to have a we're going to we're probably going to get into it later on here in a month or so um, as the season gets going. In my mind, it's absurd that Roberto Luongo is not going up here in Vancouver. So I've seen strange decisions. 
Uh, and let's just hope the Habs make the right one because to me, 31, 31 should be retired in Montreal. Absolutely. The bigger debate is probably the Hall. I think he's in the Hall. The Olympics, uh, That it's actually an easier choice for me with the Hall than the number retired in Montreal. And I think it happens in both places. Okay, good. Because I'm the, the like, I'm on the hall is like automatic. Okay, that's good to hear, Darren, because I haven't yeah. looked at the numbers. I haven't run the numbers. I haven't made any of these arguments. In my mind, he's mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame because of what I talked about, like the human how to goalie DVD for all those years, the guy that's so many emulated. You know, him and Lundquist, the best of their generation, right? Like, yeah. you know, you know, Luongo started a little earlier than them. But like those would be the three, right? And then Marc Andre Fleury's in that mix as well, and he's a he's a first ballot guy in my opinion as well. But I just wondered if the lack of longevity might hurt him. Um, so it's good to hear that you're on the same page because from a from an impact on the game standpoint, like to me, carries a no brainer for the Hall of Fame as well. If he could teach that mental approach and the ability to handle it, he would uh, have a lineup uh, out the door, and it fits in really well to our uh, feature interviews uh, this week. Uh, Got Ian Clark on the technical side of it uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, uh, director of goaltending, and Brandy Osborne, uh, who is uh, an elemental coach. And this is a a really uh, fascinating uh, element of the game because uh, an elemental coach, if you don't know, is a a unique approach to leadership development that aims to help individuals understand and, and leverage their natural strengths. So what you're great at, your natural strengths and tendencies to become more effective leaders and people and athletes. Yeah. And um, she worked at the Net360 camp. We've had her on once before, worked at the Net360 camp. She's also a registered RMT. So she was working with the athletes there, um, but shared a lot of breathing techniques with, with some of the athletes. And, you know, I know like, like a lot of them have incorporated these things into their routine, not just to get ready for games, but actually in games using this. And if you know that at 360 camp, we're talking about at the highest levels, right? So, um, her messaging on, on some of those different aspects really hit home for these young athletes. Uh, it's being used, used effectively, uh, it's something that they've, they sort of have adopted and believe in quite quickly. And so when we get into this interview, like the teaser now is she shares them with us. She will walk us through some of these breathing techniques. I'm actually doing the interview, so I'm actually doing the breathing technique. So you'll be able to have a takeaway. You will actually be able to, wouldn't recommend it if you're driving, but I would recommend sitting down and listening to this one at home because there are going to be segments and parts of this interview where you'll actually be able to follow along and follow her voice. Participate. And participate, exactly. But it's not just a call, like... There are different exercises, different breathing techniques. Some are designed to sort of get you a little more jacked up, like a little more sort of prepared, not like, and others are designed to bring you down and calm you. So there's a lot of different, different techniques we get into with Brandy. And so that's, that's going to be a must listen. Um, But we've also got, yeah, we've got Ian Clark. We've got, we've got everything here today. I use the breathing technique short and fast and out of breath. That's so this smart. will be yeah. this will be a, a new one, a little add-on for me to to be able to practice. I'm usually slobbering as well because I'm 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 dying. As a matter of fact, my first Monday night hockey skate basically almost ended me this week. So, yeah, I uh, it's, it's needed an IV after that one. Uh, you know that I get to skate with some of the guys every now and then, or practice uh, with with the big club uh, in in Vegas at times, and they've been doing some captain skates that I've filled in uh, on occasion. 
And I've, I've hit that stage of my life where from one drill to the next, as the hour moves on, they'll just stop and, and Alex Petrangelo will be leading off the drill and he'll just look at me and go, you okay? I'm okay. But, but there has to be that, that confirmation of you okay. We're not yeah, going okay. to okay. physically they, kill this guy. Yeah. They're, they're reading the body language and I'm like, I, I, I'm loving this. I'm owning this, but obviously that's not reaching them about it. So I'm excited to hear this uh, from, from Brandy. So do you, do you want to do Ian first or should we go down the path of the elemental coach and fine tuning all of the uh, off ice elements? Well, I think we teased the interview with Brandy so well that we're going to make people wait. So let's go to Ian Clark first. Uh, and I will give you a little heads up. Um, of course, this interview is brought to you by our friends at Sense Arena. And speaking of needing to get ready for a season quickly, I am going to be popping on the Sense Arena headset and trying to make up for lost time uh, after a couple of months off. Was not reading releases very well, was not reading plays, was not tracking pucks at all in my first two times on the ice last week. So I've got the headset all fired up to play catch up. You know, and it reminds me. Um, well, obviously you shouldn't do it that way. You should prepare a little pre, you know, a little earlier. But what it reminds me of is having parents that allowed their kids to take the summer off because they wanted them to not be so focused on goaltending and reach out to us and tell us that using Sense Arena allowed them to do so without feeling like they were falling behind. And so we've had a couple of parents reach out to us over the past couple of summers and share that story because Sense Arena is so real. And then their kids got into tryouts after all this time off and they were worried about it. And their kids were sharp, but also refreshed because they hadn't been on the ice every minute of every day all summer long. They wanted to be back out there playing hockey, but they hadn't lost those tracking skills that I just talked about not having myself. And I, I can't think of a better way like, hey, you stunk in your first beer league game. Or if you're you're struggling coming into your your you know your first tryouts and you need to sit, but you don't hit the ice for another like four or five days but you got to be sharp again well what better way without being able to get on the ice to work on your game than something like Sense Arena that allows you to see shots at the highest level work on specific things work on cognitive training work on all those elements without having to find time with a coach and uh, like I said I'm overdue for it Darren I'm gonna get back into it because I desperately need it. But for those who've been using it, they know the benefits. And if you haven't, you should make sure you check them out. Check out Sense Arena because they've got special offers that allow you to try it for free um, and see how it can help your game. Great preparation for when you get on the ice with your coaches, which is what Thatcher Demko and company are about to do with Ian Clark, uh, the director of goaltending, goaltending coach with the Vancouver Canucks, who's nice enough to join us, uh, set this one up for us. Well, this is in goal premium members have heard this one. This is one we had. Uh, this is from the hockey shop. Um, their Tendy Fest day. We had in Clark live in person. And if you were on site, you got to hear it. Our in goal premium members got to watch the video and see it. Uh, and we just felt like it was time to share it with the rest of the world. So this is one where membership have or has its privileges. You would have would have gotten a, a chance to get a sneak peek at this a little while ago if you were an Ingo Premium member. But if not, we want to share it with the rest of the world because obviously every time we get a chance to talk to Ian Clark, we learn something about goaltending. He's got some great advice, some great takeaways here on off-season training, um, that balance between technique and instinct. And of course, he digs in deeper on his seven key elements of elite goaltending. It's all here in our latest sit down with Ian Clark on the Ingo Radio podcast. 
roots in Sweden, time in Russia with Bob. Um, internationally, when you look at, at goaltending development, I'm going to start it off here and then we'll take questions and raise your hands. I'm going to go with a big topic. Goaltending development, where it is internationally, what you see now that you're back in Canada and watching your son's a goaltender. Um, positives, negatives, where you see it here compared to other places. Yeah, so I've, I've spent a lot of time in Russia. Everyone hear me okay? Uh, I've spent a lot of time in Russia, a lot of time, as Kevin said, in Sweden, Finland, really everywhere. Uh, the U.S., of course. Uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting, uh, my journey and being able to sort of amalgamate all of the approaches that are out there. I've been lucky in that regard to, A, have coached some incredible goaltenders, but also had the opportunity to travel the globe and and spend time with other coaches, spend time with goalies from all regions, watch the developmental process in all of these areas. And, uh, you know, you get a very, uh, you know, if you look at Canada and Sweden, you typically get a more programmed goaltender. Uh, both of those regions, very uh, technical in their approach. Young, young goalies start getting coached in a, uh, in a very uh, programmed fashion at a very young age and that carries on right through their development. And so you see very high competency in skating, uh, edge work. Uh, you see high competency in, in positional knowledge and acumen uh, in, uh, in particular from these, from these countries. The Eastern European countries, there's the less formalized less institutionalized instruction. So goalies are kind of left a little bit more to um, just simply going out and stopping pucks. And you get, so you get a goaltender that at a young age where they're not getting as much uh, maybe technical intrusion into their game, they're simply finding ways to stop pucks. So you end up with a little bit more of an instinctive, athletic type approach from the Eastern European goalie. and. At, now, with that said, they have started to come, and of course, some of the best goaltenders in the game right now are Russian goalies, um, many of which I've had the privilege of, of being on the ice with. Uh, and you get that very athletic, very reactive, very um, instinctive ability to find creative solutions in difficult moments because when they grew up, they really didn't have... They were never told what the solution was. They simply had to find the solution. So you get a little bit more of that um, um, type of goaltender there. Finland is kind of in the middle. Finland's very much a uh, has always had strong institutionalized coaching, but they've had a they've had a different focus because they focused more on the reactivity of the game and the use of the hands um, as opposed to Canada, Sweden, which typically focuses a lot on torso use. So. It's interesting to, to see all of this and, and spend time with uh, successful goaltenders from, you know, I spent time, obviously, a lot of time with Roberto Luongo, so that's one of the great Canadian goalies. Sergei Bobrovsky, one of the great Russian goalies. Um, when I was in Sweden, I spent, uh, the two goalies I spent most of my time with was Anton Forsberg, who's with Ottawa now, and Linus Olmark with, with, uh, with Boston, so... Um, had lots of, of opportunity to see how they developed. And then our developmental coach with the Canucks is Marco Trinius, one of the top Finnish goalie coaches. So again, had lots of uh, opportunity to see all these different methodologies. Okay, so not saying that one's right or one's wrong, 
But as you said, in Canada, we tend to, for a lot of young goalies, get goalie coaching at a very young age. It can become technical at a very young age. Advice for young goaltenders on maybe how to not lose the instinctive part of their game while they're being exposed to so much technical teaching. Well, I'll start by saying, and certainly, Kevin, you've heard this and you've probably had it on a podcast or two. I think it's important for goalies to recognize, and I, I, I narrow the skill sets down into seven key ingredients for goalies. And I, again, some of you may have heard this, but I would tell you that technique is one of seven. And I would also tell you that none of the seven are necessarily more important than the other. You actually need all of them. And so if there's seven and we think of 100% performance, if you took 100 and divided by seven, you'd have basically the importance of technique in your game. Take 100, divide by seven, now you know how much technique plays in your game. So you now need to go explore the other six. And I'm gonna quickly just tell you what the other six are for those that don't know it. Number one is athleticism. I'm not talking about trained athleticism, I'm talking about the athletic ability to play the goaltending position. You need to have the ability, okay, to make athletic saves. What does an athletic save look like? Well, watch Andre Vasilevsky and you will see athletic saves. When that puck is in close proximity and there is no time, there is absolutely no time for anything else but perhaps an athletic, a purely athletic attempt to deny that uh, opportunity, okay? You need to be able to make athletic saves. So that, and the only reason I have athleticism first is because it starts with an A and I'm giving these to you in alphabetical order. And the reason I'm giving them to you in alphabetical order is because none of them are more important than the other. And just, just so you know, because I was told there would be no math, I did pull my phone out. So if you divide 100 by seven, it's 14.28. 14.2% of your game is technique. How's that? So we have athleticism. Our number one, two is com competitiveness. Okay, if you are not the fiercest competitor on your team, then we have a problem because you, as the goaltender, the backbone of the team, you have the greatest individual impact in the outcome of games. Okay, it would make no sense that the player that has the greatest individual impact in the outcome of the game wouldn't be the fiercest competitor on the team. Okay, so competitiveness is the number two. Okay, we see all kinds of goalies. Okay, we can have a goaltender that has immaculate technique. If they are not a fierce competitor, then this goalie has no chance of becoming elite. It's that simple. Okay, you can't just keep piling on to technique and think that's going to bring you to an elite level. It's never happening. So, our number three is instinct. Okay, and I define instinct as the ability to break from your structure, to find a creative solution in a difficult moment. The game is too dynamic, it is too unpredictable to have only programmed answers. It's simply not possible. So, of course we want to make simple save simple, we want to be efficient out there, that's all great stuff that technique serves. However, when that puck goes off of our defenseman's skate and then off of someone's stick, there is no technical answer for these kinds of circumstances. We have to find, at times, creative solutions to difficult problems that the program that we have been taught is not going to serve that moment. And so that is our instinctive ability to break in a split second, break okay, from the program to find that 
often game-turning solution. Those are the saves that bring your teammates to their feet. Those are the saves that change the momentum of the game, okay? Taking a shot off the wing and taking it in your torso, that's a nice technical save, but that's not bringing anyone to their feet. So we have to have great instinctive ability. Our next one is we need mental capacity, okay? We all know goaltending is a huge challenge, okay? Not only is it a huge responsibility for the team, it is obviously a position fraught with pressure um, and a lot of responsibility. So we have to have the mental capacity. I was talking to a young goaltender earlier, okay? I break mental capacity into three, three subcategories. You have a developmental mental capacity your work ethic, your attention to detail in your training, your personal discipline in your training, all these things that guide your growth. Okay, then we have a preparational mindset. That is laying the foundation for a successful performance. Okay, and there's everything that goes into that. And then there's the in-game capacity, the ability to manage the ebbs and the flows of how things are unfolding in the game and how you're gonna manage that. Uh, that. that is your in-game capacity. Obviously, it's a huge, huge category. We don't have the time to break into all the details here, but that would be the number four item in alphabetical order. Our next one, reactivity, okay? Goaltending is a reactive position. If we think that we can embark on goaltending with just position and blocking, okay, and dropping a big torso into an on-angle square position, that's going to make a bunch of saves for us, but it's never going to take us to the promised land. And the other point is, is that we've had multiple generations of shooters now that have been taught and learned against quote-unquote butterfly goalies. Goalies are going down and in, shooters are going up and out. If we cannot protect our exterior, we cannot be elite. It's that simple. So we have to have that great balance between protecting our interior and protecting our exterior. So reactivity is vital, vital to, in fact, it's one of the most important things I'm looking at when I'm evaluating goalies for the draft. So we have reactivity. Our next one starts with a T, technique. Technique, very important. Technique streamlines what we're doing. Technique brings a system to what we're doing. It brings consistency, okay? Technique, brings efficiency, it does all kinds of great things for us and, and it's important, one of seven key ingredients. And our last one is our visual talent, okay? Your eyes are your number one asset. So how you go about the development of your eyes as it relates to the goaltending position is again vital. So those are the seven. Quickly, athleticism, compete, instinct, mental capacity, reactivity, technique, and visual talent. I don't know if that helps. I think that helps. Now, before I, I could keep going, but I've done this before. So I actually wanna know, the problem is it's a forest for the trees things. I've asked this guy so many questions over the years. I'm not sure what's new to everyone else. So does anybody else have any questions? Like, feel free, raise your hand if you wanna ask Ian a question. You come up, I'll hand you the mic. Anything you guys wanna ask. We can talk development, we can talk performance, we can talk, um... We got one? All there right. we go, we got somebody. You can just, just introduce yourself. Um, hi, my name's Caleb. And go what ahead. do I say for the question? Just whatever you want to ask Ian. Um, what should I do to bring my game to the elite level? Wow, that's a big one. Well, 
Again, you, some of you have heard this before, and I said this to another goalie. First off, I think it's really important for goaltenders to understand that <clears throat> if you want to become elite, and if you want to get on to a higher trajectory in your development, okay, you number one, you have to be your own best goalie coach. This is something I've, I coined a long time ago, and I've said it for decades now. Okay, you, I tell Thatcher Demko as an example, I'm just the assistant goalie coach around here. You, Thatcher, are the head goalie coach. Okay, you are under the lights, you are under the, in front of 20,000 fans. Okay, I'm gonna help guide you, but at the end of the day, you have to be your own best goalie coach. Okay, you have to be the commander in chief of your game. If you're gonna wait around for someone else to come and develop you, then you have a problem. Okay, because you are missing tens of thousands of repetitions. Okay, that you could be commanding because the reality of it is, is that the time you spend with a goalie coach is a minority of the time. So the majority of the time you are on your own. You're either on your own in a game, you're on your own in practice, okay, and every one of those repetitions, okay, is fueling something in your game. It's either fueling deterioration or it's fueling growth. And so you guys, if you want to get on a high trajectory, you really have to embrace that ideal within you. Every single repetition has value, okay? I did a, I did a math thing once and I concluded, it was just a basic simple math thing, I concluded that in a practice, when you consider all the micro repetitions that go on, for example, okay, if I just do a simple T-push, I have a start, I have a stop, okay? I have a rotation, I have early eyes, I have all kinds of micro repetitions in that one execution. In a typical NHL practice, there is somewhere between 15 and 25,000 repetitions. So if, as some people might say, if repetition is the mother of all skill, then the value of those repetitions you have to embrace and your attention to detail and personal discipline to account for all those, Okay, that is why you have to be your own best goalie coach. So that is the best sort of, yeah, there's lots of little things that we can talk about, but just in a broad sense, that would be the thing I would say. Okay, we got another question here. Come on up. Just say your name and fire away. I'm Aries. And Ian, what should bullies do for off-ice training? Thanks. So I mentioned earlier... I mentioned earlier that the goaltender has potentially, like some games you win 10-0, some games are out of control, but as you get higher and higher in hockey, the parity of the, the level becomes more and more. And so as you get higher and higher, your impact on the outcome of the game basically becomes higher. So... As I said earlier about compete, if you play the most important role on the team from an individual perspective, then we could argue very quickly that you need to be the best conditioned athlete on the team. Because at the end of the day, if you're gonna have that great impact, and we already know and talked about athleticism as being fundamental to elite level goaltending, okay, then you're going to have to have that high level of condition. Now, let's talk specifics here, okay? Thatcher Demko walks away from here for the summer, and I'm going to have a meeting with him. We're going to discuss our summer plans. Okay, 100% of the time, I am going to tell Thatcher Demko his number one fitness priority is his 
energy systems, okay? Because if you're gonna have the habits, if you're gonna take those 15 to 25,000 repetitions and you're gonna have the ability to endure those, you, you do not as a goalie do what skaters do. Skaters, they go around, they do an execution. My apologies to all skaters here. You go around, you skate around, you do your, your repetition, you go stand in the back of a 10-person lineup and wait for your next repetition. Goalies are going, 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 going. They really don't stop. And so our energy systems as a goaltender have to be elite. If we're going to be able to be resilient through those repetitions, continue to log quality from start to finish. Because if we don't, think about this math. You said no math? Right, we are, we got a lot more math than I was prepared for, but keep going. Okay, here's some simple math. You do your first five repetitions extremely well. You go into your practice, okay, with all kinds of vigor, and you're ready to conquer the, conquer the world with your, your work habits and your discipline and your attention to detail. You do five fantastic repetitions. You're getting a little bit tired. Now you're getting tired and your last five repetitions in our simple math equation are no good. Five minus five equals zero. So you actually invested something, a lot to do the good rep and you got nothing for them. So energy systems is number one. I would encourage every goaltender here this summer to take care of your energy systems. Obviously younger goalies, it's a little bit different as you get older and you're into a higher, more competitive level, make sure you're taking care of that. Okay, number two for me is core strength and stability. Okay, goaltenders are also different from skaters because skaters are often moving. Okay, goalies are going from a standstill to high speed and quickly coming to a stable set balance stop. We have to generate that power from the center. That's where the power comes from, okay? That is your number two, core strength and stability. We talk about rotation a lot as a goaltender. Rotation, just from a technical standpoint, okay, is what targets and sets the table for our, our lateral move or our next move. Okay, that rotation, all that rotational activity, okay, is going to come from your core. And if you have a poor core, your hands are going to flop around and you're going to do all that rotational work just with momentum swinging. Okay, that is not how you rotate. So we need a strong center. Okay, that would be number two for me. Flexibility, elasticity. If you're going to make saves like Andre Vasilevsky, then you're going to need some elasticity. Okay, people talk about size with goalies. Okay, and I often tell goalies, okay, this is not a size issue. Okay, it is a length issue. Okay, the length formula for a goalie, okay, is the following it is length of limb plus compete, plus flexibility, slash athleticism. Okay, so I can have a six foot four goalie with no compete and zero elasticity. They are not a long goalie. Okay, we need long goalies. We don't need big goalies. We need long goalies. UC Soros, okay, is incredibly long. Why? Not because of his length of limb, because his compete and his flexibility and athleticism are so world-class and so dimensional that he is as long as Andre Vasilevsky. So for those of you that maybe are a little bit undersized, okay, make sure that you fulfill as many components of the length formula as you can. That is why flexibility elasticity is important. 
Of course, we also need to be explosive in that lengthening, okay? So that would be another one, okay? Yeah, leg power and strength, those are all important things, okay? But I would have those other elements. And the other one, and I mentioned this earlier to someone that came by, take care of your neck. Okay, I just mentioned a minute ago, your eyes are your most valuable asset. It is your neck, okay, that is going to take care of having leading, guiding eyes, being able to track incoming pucks, stay attached to outgoing pucks. When the puck goes east-west behind the net to have a very quick side-to-side -side exchange, which then is going to fuel quick back-to-front eyes because side-to-side eyes lead to back-to-front eyes. Okay, your neck plays a powerful role in supporting your visual game. And we just finished saying that your visual talent or your visual skills are one of your seven components. So that would be critical things for me. Okay, so energy system, when you talked about energy system, I know Roberto used to love to ride the bike, uh, including in the off season, he would, and, and a lot of people would tell you maybe riding the bike's not a great thing, can shorten hip flexors. Is there one activity or are there multiple activities that for a young goalie they can do out, you know, outside of just being in the gym training to sort of build up that energy system and on, on the cardiovascular side of things? Well, I know a lot of goalies that bike a lot. Okay, Roberto was 100% bike. He did not want to put even more... Goaltending has an enormous volume of impact impacts on the joints hips knees ankles in particular and so he was a goalie that did he felt like biking was going to be the least obtrusive of running you know all the various aerobic approaches bob 100 bike demmer not a runner he's a biker marky biker so i i would say to you and I understand what you're saying, but if you're taking care of your flexibility and elasticity and your hip mobility and all these kinds of things simultaneously, then that's probably your best approach. In just from my history, I don't, I'm not a strength coach, so I'm not here to profess any of that. What I'm here to tell you is functionally what a goalie needs. And a lot of guys have used biking. We've had other guests too, like Jonas Anderoff talked about, like he's a big biker. So there's a lot of different guys that seem to find that balance and they manage to keep the hips functioning. It's just a matter of sort of unwinding any, any damage done there. Is uh, a line that you've told me many times over the years, and I think it relates to the mental capacity side of things. Well, actually, I guess it's physical too. Tension is the enemy of good goaltending. Can you explain that to our audience, especially for our young goalies, like what tension does to your game and the importance of staying relaxed out there? Because they... There is that natural tendency, I think, to sort of, as a shot is coming or a big moment is coming, we feel like we spring load ourselves sometimes. We just get all ready to sort of go, as opposed to staying relaxed. How do you get a goalie to get rid of that tension and play relaxed? So I mentioned this as well to someone that asked a question here today, and I did, mention, I did repeat that very thing. Tension is a goalie's enemy, okay? And, it, and it's for a few reasons. Uh, so let's first of all start about start with why it's a problem. So first off, tension generally is going to tunnel vision you. Okay, the more tension you have, the more locked in physically you are going to be. The more tension comes up into your neck. Okay, your neck is going to be tense. Your head is going to be tense. Your eyes are not going to have the same level 
of efficiency and mobility, which means that you're not gonna gather enough information. Okay, your eyes are your number one asset. Okay, so we, I can tell you right now that tension is gonna deny the full capacity of your eyes. Okay, that's the brains of your operation. That information that's coming in from your eyes, okay, is feeding the brains of your operation. I always tell goalies, from the hips up, that's the brains of the operation. Hips down, that's your technical engine. Okay, that's what's taking you from point A to point B. We want stability, okay, in our upper body, but we can't have tension or it's gonna lock things. So, that's really gonna hurt, not just our awareness and, and limit the information we gather going into a moment, it is also gonna really hurt our ability to track pucks through the save process, okay? We don't just track pucks to us, we stay attached to outgoing, okay? We have to stay attached to outgoing because if we have a separation in that, we're gonna have delay. We're gonna have what we call post-save delay. Why do we have post-save delay? We have post-save delay because we have to relocate the puck in order to know what our next position is. It's just common sense. If I don't know what my next position is, how in the world can I have a dynamic recovery process when I don't even know where I'm going yet? So you have delay, you re relocate the puck, and now we can move to the next spot. Unfortunately, the game is not waiting for us. So that's a problem. Okay, so that, uh, you know, that, the other really big item, and I mentioned this, reactivity is one of the seven key ingredients, okay? In order to be a reactive goalie, and this is really important, jog this into your memory, note this, jot this down in your memory, this is really important. In order to be a re reactive goalie, you need to be a neutral goalie. You don't know yet whether that puck is coming internal or is that puck going external. You don't get to control that. So, if we're gonna have the equal capability to protect things externally as we do internally, we need to go into the moment neutral, okay? The more I create tension, tension is an automatic internalizing of things. In order to now go to the exterior, I have to unlock that tension to go get to the exterior, okay? It almost premeditates internalization of our coverage at the expense of external. So, neutral mind, neutral body, okay? Patient mind, patient body. If you're gonna be a great reactor, Okay, whether you want to be Igor Shosturkin or UC Soros or Thatcher Demko or Andre Vasilevsky or, you know, pick who you want. The reason these guys are the best goalies is because they have the equal capacity to protect their interior and exterior. Okay, so tension will always skew you to being an internal goalie and always harm your ability to protect your exterior. Okay, more questions? Anybody? I'm going to get Earl here. If anybody else has more questions, uh, you can put raise your hand. So, Earl, you come and ask your, your question first. I met Earl earlier, so I know your name already, so I can tell everyone who's talking. So you got a question for Ian. Go for it, Earl. Well, um, Ian, I'm very honored to have you as a friend, and I mean that. And um, what are the odds of meeting Colin, Colin Delia? I'll grab that. Well, that's a very good question, Earl. First of all, I'm glad you're my friend as well. And uh, as far as Colin goes, Colin is, um, 
we're going to have to wait and see. We have to wait and see what our circumstance is um, with the Canucks to see what uh, what happens with Colin. Colin's contract's up at the at the end of June, so we're going to have to wait and see. We're still having those conversations, so I can't really answer that question for you. Thanks, Earl. And um, could I get a picture with you? How about we'll get a picture after? Deal? Deal. Okay. Thanks, Earl. Okay. Okay, we got to get the goalie, goalie and parent, or goal. Yeah, goalie and parent. Goalie and parent. So that's yeah. the best combination: yeah. the goalie parent and the goalie. Yeah, my name is Lauren. Uh, Tony Esposito was my idol uh, growing up. Uh, two questions. First one: Did you play pro? And second one is: Do you have a goalie that you coached and mentored that means more than anybody? Thanks. Well, uh, first of all, I never did play pro, so I guess I'm a better coach than I ever was a player. Um, I played uh, junior here in, in uh, BC in Penticton years ago. I played uh, Canadian college. That was sort of my playing career. Um, played here, played in Vancouver for Point Grey and then Carisdale Point Grey back in the days. Um, so that's my basic Coles Notes version of that. Uh, but 23, 23 years in the NHL, so as I said, better coach than player, I guess. <laughs> As far as uh, goalies, I, you know, it's hard for me because goalies, you create a unique bond with each goalie. Um, Roberto and I are extremely, very, are still extremely close. Um, we're in touch frequently on goaltending topics. And of course, he now has Sergei Bobrovsky, who I coached for seven years. Um, and Bob and I are still very close. Um, when I'm with a goalie, I always tell them, though, I'm your coach, I'm not your friend. So I always have to be able to draw a line between, between, and while I'm coaching them, I have to maintain my position as coach. I remember Jim Rutherford last summer called me and said, you going to Thatcher's wedding? I said, not a chance. <laughs> because at the end of the day, um, you know, for me, I like to keep that separation when I'm coaching someone. Marky and I have a different relationship now because I don't coach Marky anymore. So at the end of the day, okay, we kind of, you take that special bond, especially with the ones that have really grown with you. I told this story earlier too. This is a funny story. You'll probably like this story. So Marky, last summer, his brother had a little baby boy, and he decided that based on the relationship I had with Marky and everything that went on with Marky and I, he was going to name his son Ian. So Marky's brother named his son Ian. Well, Marky became pregnant this last year, and he, he was all, all pissed off because he couldn't call his son Ian, so he decided to call his son Clark. So Marky's son's name is Clark Markstrom. So anyways, but that tells you a little bit about the, the relationship. And um, as I said, Bob and I are still very close. He and I were in communication, and, you know, not so much as a guidance person now, but just as a support person for him because I'm not his goalie coach anymore and you don't want to get into a situation where that becomes challenging um, and Roberto you know so I have lots of great relationships with the goalies I've worked with and it would be it would be my well my favorite all-time goaltender is Dominic Hassan growing up it was Ken Dryden so those are my goalies okay so 
I didn't know that about Dominic Hasrick. So we're into territory I haven't asked you about, which is there's not that much left. So <laughs> did you ever get a chance to meet him? or Because when we talk about the way he approached the game and the way he thought the game, there was a method to that madness. Have we ever had a chance to dig into some of the methods to the madness we, we used to see from him? No. So I had no relationship with uh, Dominic at all. and uh, But I always considered him, a lot of people considered Hasek to be a little bit out there, crazy stuff. I would, I would strongly recommend every young goalie here who is not familiar with Dominic Hasek to go YouTube the top 25 Dominic Hasek moments of all time. If you want to see instinct, if you want to see compete, if you want to see reactivity, if you want to see these types of skills on display, okay, go watch Dominic Hasek. For me, Dominic Hasek was the smartest goalie ever to play the game. As Kevin said, there was method to the madness. I actually measure, people talk about hockey IQ, I talk about goaltending IQ, which is completely different than hockey IQ. Ours is tougher and you have to be smarter. Are you, put, are you putting yourself in the category? Us by the goalie union. I'm, I'm, I'm at the low chain of the goalie union. So for me, Dominic Hasek had the highest goaltending IQ. And the things he did were, if I had a whiteboard here, I'd explain it to you, but I don't have a whiteboard, but incredible stuff he did that was all driven, not just by compete and instinct, but by high, high intelligence. Technique. We talked about technique. You're a guy who has written volumes on technique and different technical approaches, the reverse. I'm going to rewrite it because it's all changed since the last time I wrote it. It's constantly evolving. Where do the new ideas come up? Because it's, like you said, it's constantly evolving. So how much of it is back and forth with your goalies? Like, can you think of something in the last five years that that problem solving process with a goaltender you work with led to an idea that is now something new that goalies are copying all over the place. I'm really putting you on the spot with this one. Well, not really, because there's a bunch of them, but, <laughs> you know, so really at the end of the day, Sergei Bobrovsky and I, and I say the two of us, because a lot of the times a goal, I will see a goalie do something that I look at and I look at them execute something and I'm like, that's interesting. And then I will talk with the goalie and they'll explain what they're trying to do. And then because one of my skills is to take a skill and break it into manageable increments so that we can just from a, from a developmental perspective to take those increments or those ingredients and apply them in the right progression to then build the skill. Really, at the end of the day, the first goalie that was reverse tracking was Sergei Bobrovsky in the NHL. I'm not saying there wasn't someone out there somewhere doing it, but in the National Hockey League, okay, and reverse tracking is when a goalie centers themselves on their posts in, in their down position. They have a centered torso. Okay? They have skates on each post. Obviously, that takes flexibility. It takes some length of limb to achieve that. Okay? But basically, what's happening in that situation is the goaltender gains an insurance policy on each post. Okay? They have an insurance policy on each post, and the most important part of the net to cover is the middle of the net. So even if the puck pops to the slot, they have a third insurance policy and that's center net coverage. Okay, and I can't tell you how many times when we were in Columbus, okay, a puck would pop to the slot and Bob's head was still behind him because the puck unexpectedly came to the slot and the guy would just shoot it right in his belly. Okay. 
okay? And so reverse tracking is a relatively recent phenomenon, okay, that has obviously grown out of the increased use of the reverse. Sorry, I don't use reverse VH. I use the term reverse. Um, so I was just going to say, that I, you're, he needs to put earmuffs on. Some of you will know reverse tracking as a double seal. Uh, he doesn't, his terminology is reverse tracking. But as he described, a skate on each post, which is a pipe dream for some of us old timers, but a skate on each post when the play is behind the net and... Well, considering that. I invented the term VH, I get to determine how this goes. Okay, so that, just for anyone that didn't know the right term, I was using the incorrect term to, to, to bring everybody else up to speed. Reverse tracking is the right term. So, yes. So there's an example of one. Anybody else with any questions? Nobody. Hi, Pete. <laughs> you too. Come on up. Don't be shy, folks. I promise I don't bite even though I finally got a new tooth. <laughs> All right, I'm a goalie dad and a centerman dad, so I guess I got the best of both worlds. Thank you for coming out and listening to you talk all day. My pleasure. Um, question about vision, um, and I love your phrase, early eyes, but is there anything that goalies can do to work on vision, exercises, drills, whether on ice or off ice to improve that? Well, I would, I would say that, you know, obviously hand-eye coordination is really important. I think any hand-eye activity is valuable. Um, the, I said this earlier to someone that asked a similar question and, I, and, I, and I, I'm not a huge, as Kevin knows, I'm not a big gadget guy. Um, I'm kind of more, I'm not a big advocate of contrived environments in order to develop skills. I much prefer skill development in the environment that you're going to use the skill. So the beauty of the eyes is, is that, for example, on tracking pucks, incoming pucks, and staying attached to outgoing pucks, it is literally the only skill that you can actually practice on every single shot in practice. So for me, to really embrace the value of, of, of tracking that puck, both to your body and as it exits and is outgoing, is something that you can literally practice every single shot. So if you're facing 300 shots in practice, you have 300 repetitions of this. Um, and you're practicing X number of times a week, and you're practicing 24 to 36 weeks of the year, or whatever it is, boy, there's no excuse on a tracking side of things, um, as an example. Uh, for me, I find that a lot of goalies, and we can get it, this could be a debate point for some people, as Kevin knows, um, but I am a big believer that your, your head essentially needs to be disconnected from the rest of your body. And when I say that, what I'm really referring to is your head has to work independent of your body. And a lot of people like to coach goalies so their head and their body are one. Okay, the problem I have with this idea is that your eyes are your fastest processor. It's the fastest thing you have. Okay, I am immediately gathering information here because I have that early look. So if I'm going to take my eyes and say, okay, you need to follow the slowest asset you have, which is your body, and you're gonna take this all as one, 
I just lost 50% of information processing. So I'm a big believer that you need to basically have your head work completely independent of the rest of your body. Um, so that idea of early eyes, early leading, guiding eyes, okay? Your eyes, in my opinion, should always be leading your movement. I'm not talking about this. I am talking about I'm moving east-west. I get more value from information than I do from my body getting there or even getting partway there. I'll take more information any day over position. I'll take information over position any day of the week. So what ends up happening with goalies that end up with this very rigid, tense situation is they don't have enough information. They don't know what's unfolding. They get there. Yeah, they're set, square, stable, balanced because they're really good skaters and they're good positional goalies and they're square and that's all great. Okay. But often they're late and they don't have the information. They have no read. So what do they do? They just drop. They have no ability to protect their exterior because they're not seeing, is it a one-timer? Is it a bad pass? Is the pass inside on the player and it's going to kind of chunk up into, the, you know, it's going to rise on the person. Is it behind them? I need to see all of this information in order to fuel my read so that I can fuel, maybe it's a change in direction I need because the puck's so far behind the player, they're going to go back the other way. I need to see all this information. And if I'm late with information, I'm never going to have the right solution. So I need, so I'm a big advocate again of, you know, as you're moving east-west in, in, um, on the ice, that your eyes are the first thing to move. That pass goes D to D, my eyes are gone. Everything else, you can train everything else to follow very quickly. You want to see Thatcher Demko move east-west on a D to D play, number one, he doesn't chase the puck. He has what we call a preparational read. The puck is going to be passed. What a lot of goalies do is they sit there and go, oh, look at that, the puck's going to be passed. Okay, the puck was passed. Oh, I better move east-west now. Well, now they're late because they're chasing the puck. If I have all the information, all the information in my possession that this is a pass, as that player passes the puck, I'm moving with the puck. I'm not chasing the puck because I have no chance of moving at the same speed as the puck. So, you know, there's all these visual tools we have that can support what we're doing. And I think the number one thing to do is identify what, there's visual talent and there's visual habits. And we can just give a simple laundry list of visual habits you need to have. That's the first step. Get that visual habits down in your game. Because now I'm collecting more and more information. As a young goalie, if I collect five times more information than the, my, the peer next to me that's the same age and at the same skill level, and I'm collecting five times more information, what's the chance the goalie with five times more information over and over and over again is going to become a better reader? Obviously. So, yes, it's very important to train it. I'm a big advocate, and, and I'm sure there are tools, and I'm sure there are drills. Sensorina. Okay. Oh, that, oh, yeah. We have, lot, we have all that tools and stuff. Are all well, I know you Ableman. do. I know you do. Um, but I would say the most important tool is identify the visual habits, which we can talk about here if we want to. But I get that laundry list. There's probably six or seven of them. 
Okay, and make sure that what you're doing when you're in practice as the commander in chief of your own game, as the your own best goalie coach, is make sure those habits are being executed. Okay, I thought we we're gonna have a 20 minute conversation. We're close to an hour here. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's been close to an hour. Uh, if anybody has any more questions, it's your last chance to sort of raise your hands. Uh, I am way too old. Oh, believe me, I am. It wasn't that long ago I saw you get on the ice with the Canucks. It's been a few years, though. Um, Bubble, so if you, maybe. If, if you have any questions, raise your hand now. I got one last one that I'm going to ask. So if you think of one, go for it. Um, I'm not going to ask Ian to get into brands. You saw, I'm pretty sure we know the answer based on the booth he was standing at. But the importance of equipment. I, I don't have an answer for you, actually. Okay. The importance of equipment, not for picking a brand but the importance of goalies understanding how their equipment functions with their body when they move. Um, you have guys come to you as pros that haven't learned that lesson. Why is it important for goalies? I mean, I, I always say you don't have to be Ichiro Suzuki with your bat stored in a humidor, but you should probably have an understanding of what a different leg channel feels like and moves like around your leg, whether you want it tight or narrow. Where, like, where do you, where do those, what are those conversations like with you and young goaltenders in terms of not picking a brand, but understanding how the equipment works? Well, first of all, I'll just simply say your gear is a partner in your performance. That's sort of a phrase I use. Okay. That is, that is a fact. You know, we can talk about any athlete and their gear is a vital partner in their performance. That gear Okay, not beyond protection, obviously, but beyond protection is going to help facilitate, is going to help or hinder the facilitation of everything we're talking about as soon as we get into a technical execution discussion. So, you know, that gear may hinder or, or support the visual things we were just talking about. That gear is going to hinder or support lateral distance, okay? Whether that's your blades, whether that's your pads, they're going to hinder or support lateral coverage. Um, obviously, from a mental capacity standpoint, your gear, the quality of your protection is going to either give you the ability to track incoming pucks because you have total confidence in your gear's ability to protect you so that you are free you have to play free and fearless, okay? And if you're not playing free and fearless, then you're not going to reach your potential. And you're certainly not going to grow and develop because, of course, if you're not playing free and fearless in games, you're certainly not doing a practice when players are coming up and just teeing up shots repeatedly over and over again, okay? So protection is going to fuel your mental state for the game. And obviously, the gear, okay, from a performance standpoint is going to help fuel one of your most important things, and that is your ability to cover lateral distance. Okay, so some things to keep in mind as you're out there testing your gear, whether it's doing that stuff for you or not. I don't see any hands raised for questions, so with that... We have gonna, one over here. We have one? Do we have one? Oh, sorry, come on up. Thank you very much. Just introduce yourself and fire away. Okay, yeah. Um... I had a question, like, what's your favorite uh, exercise to do in the gym, or, like, what you'll tell your goal is to do in the gym, or, like, something? Question about exercises in the gym. Again, I'm not a strength and conditioning specialist. I will say, though, that 
Okay, we talked uh, we talked a little earlier about the prior. Were you here when we were talking about the fitness priorities? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you just quickly. Everyone else heard that, but I'm going to give them to you quickly. Number one, your energy systems. Okay, you have to have elite energy systems. Number two, core strength stability. Okay, you need to have fantastic core strength and stability because goalies are always starting and stopping. So we're coming from a standstill. We need to get up to speed very quickly and we have to come to a quick balance stop. So a lot of that power doesn't necessarily come from our legs. It comes from our center. Okay, so we need to have great core strength and stability. We talked about flexibility, elasticity. We talked about the power of length and how flexibility and athleticism is one of three components of the length formula. One is length of limb, one is your athleticism and flexibility, and the other is your compete level. That's how you fulfill the length formula as a goalie. So make sure you're taking care of that aspect of things. Okay, and then we talked a little bit about your neck again because it's so important to fuel okay, the, uh, your visuals. So anything you're doing that can support those four func critical functional aspects of the goaltending position. The energy systems, because you have to be the hardest worker on your team, and the only way you can have the attention to detail, the personal discipline, and the uh, quality executions is having the ability to withstand all the volume that goes on in practice. We're not talking about games, we're talking about practice. That's where growth happens. We work in practice, remember this little phrase here, guys and gals, we work in practice, we play in games. Yeah, you put your work boots on in practice. Okay, that's where your work is done. Now our work is done. Put your hard hat on the on the shelf. Put your work boots away. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Okay, we play in games. Work in practice. Okay, enjoy games. Okay, if you're just enjoying practice, you're probably having too good a time. You need to work. Okay, work in practice. Play in games. Games are your sandbox. And that's why I only play games. Ian, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming out. Uh, Ian, can't thank you enough. So much good stuff there. And uh, for those that came in late or missed part of the early stuff, we'll make sure we have it up at ingoldmag.com so you don't miss anything. Thanks again. My pleasure. All the best. I love his sevens. The, the, just, it just reinforces Every time with me, I go back and go, why, why am I not using that more? It is good. And, and you know, and we talk about this all the time. Like, there's no one way to play this position. And it, it, it sums it up, right? Because, yeah, okay. So, he in his mind, he's got these seven key elements. Yeah. And yet, every goal, he's going to bring a different mix. And so, they'll all look different. Like, he wants these to be a part of it. He believes they need to be a part of it to reach the highest levels. But not everybody's going to have each one in spades, right? It's going to be a different blend, and that'll manifest itself in different ways. So it's, listen. Uh, yeah, emphasis on one more than the other, and the order of them with your uh, focus will be drastically different one person to the next. Yeah, exactly. Depends on the athlete. Again, you want as many of those, you want as much of each of those as you can have, but the blend will be different, right? And that, like, like it is for every goalie. And so, I don't know, I just, I it's... I always have fun. Pretty lucky to have him, I think, here in Vancouver and back in the backyard so we get to talk to him on a regular basis. And, you know, as I said, we 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 thought about keeping that interview just for our premium members. The benefit of being a premium member is you saw that, you heard about his keys, you know, his, what he would focus on, the the question we got from the audience. 
if off season, you know, what, what's your focal point on off season training? And he talked about the motor, the engine, the importance of that. Um, you would have heard that in time to do off season training as opposed to hearing it now when the off season is over with everybody else on the in goal podcast. I will say I heard it in the off season when there was time to do training and evidently didn't pay enough attention to it because <laughs> my motor is running like the one that makes Hutch's Prius go. It's just two hamsters in a wheel right now. But, but the our next guest uh, with uh, Brandy Osborne can help you right now, can help you in season, off season, uh, during practice, at any point, just being able to handle things and being able to adapt to things. And this is going to be just a, a fascinating experience for everybody, especially when you get to the breathing element, because we can participate as you guys walk us through it. Again. Don't do it if you're in your car driving. Maybe save this one for when you're at home or or go back and rewind it and listen to it. But yeah, this is part of what I loved about this interview with Brandy is there's a lot of great takeaways, but some you can actually do, as, as you said, Darren. There's a participation element, folks. Um, so we want you involved. And like I said, a lot of uh, elite level goaltenders that have learned these things over the past couple of summers with Brandy at Net360 now incorporate them as part of their game day preparation. And even in some cases, in games between whistles to try and find that that balance and that focus. We had Devin Levi, right, talking about meditating during a TV timeout. Part of meditation is breathing. And these are different breathing techniques that can help you raise your sort of heart rate and your focus or dial things down. She's got a bit of everything here. Uh, we walked through several different breathing techniques, and you can too in this interview with Brandy Osborne. Really excited to welcome back to the Ingle Radio Podcast, Brandy Osborne, founder of Elemental Athlete. She's an elemental coach and RMT. We are at Net360 Goaltending, and this is quickly becoming one of my favorite parts of the week, as much as all the focus from Monday to Friday, from 9 to about 1, is on the ice with the NHL goalies and the juniors and the prospects, is catching up with Brandy to find out what she's been working on with the athletes, some of the feedback she's getting, when it comes to mental, emotional athlete, the mental, emotional athlete, me, how these, the tools that you are giving these athletes to manage the mental, emotional side of the game. So first off, define for me, when you say that, what is it, like it, it's a big statement, what it means to you. Yeah, so it's a mental, emotional game. I think that we need to look at life as a game. And we all have our own unique, authentic um, ways that we are living this life and we're able to um, address every experience that we have. So what I'm doing is trying to give them, not trying to, I'm giving them legitimate, easy techniques that involve um, shifting their chemistry in order to come back to a calm, present state. But it's also normalizing the mental, emotional part of the game. Because the reality is just talking to the prospect goalies here, it's like my brother always said, if you want success, those that are willing to do what others are not will achieve success. And the reality is with that comes emotions. It comes caring more. It comes you're a little more critical about yourself, a little more judgmental, possibly judgmental of others. And a lot of what came up this weekend was really um, 
challenging situations where you're looking at what others are doing versus what, what you are doing. So to me, the mental emotional game is a game of self-obsession, of self-devotion, where you're just so curious about what's coming up for you and why it's coming up. And in the end, you start to develop the muscle of self-compassion where, where maybe you're critical about yourself, where you can get to that point where it's like, fair enough. We talk a lot about, we hear a lot of talk about in the mental game. Like that part's not new, but I don't think enough people talk about the emotional part that comes with that. And you, like you said, you run into some great examples this week of where the emotions of the game or how they feel or act after a game, for example, they can feel guilty even about that. They go home and they're still caught up in the game and maybe aren't what maybe actually feel bad about how they're behaving, but that's just a reality of, of moving past, you know, from the game to home life. Yeah, and it really is. Um, a lot of them, especially the younger ones, it's a sense of letting someone down, of not trying hard enough. Like a lot of it was, could I have done more? Should I have done more? And, and it's that, that egoic state where you want things to be, you want yourself to be something other than you are. And what I was expressing is just like, Man, it's like from the age you're 15 to 25, you're going through the biggest growth journey of your life. So if you can look at it as a self-discovery journey and you want those challenging moments where you are angry, where you are frustrated, where you are critical about yourself, because that's where you understand that you're here for a reason because you care about it. And that's where you really dig deep and find that resiliency, that dedication and not to say yes, please to a loss, but it is that essence of you're only going to build, that's why I spoke to them, fortitude there, the strength of the mind there, because you were present there. And from it, you claimed wisdom. It wasn't because your parents gave you advice, told you a story, you read it in a book, watched a movie. You literally were navigating an experience that was unique to you, personal to you, because you cared, you've been working your butt off for it. And fair enough, you didn't get what you wanted out of it. So I tried to give them productive ways to process that energy because we want that energy. You want to be angry because you miss that. It's good to have that, but it's to harness it and to dial it in and to grow bigger, stronger, wider in your stance versus, you know, slouched posture versus um, hitting a goal where you're responding in a way that is not useful or helpful for you. So part of that, so part of this sounds like accepting those moments as part of this growth process, as part of this stage of life and growing as an athlete and, and understanding that as the elite athletes want those moments, like that's part of it. But then, as you said, tools on how to management. So is part of it sort of A, accepting it and B, then, okay, now what do we do with that mental emotional state to get it to a place we want to be? And are there some tools you could even share with us here, um, you know, on the podcast uh, that might resonate with people that are maybe going through this, but don't know, don't know how to manage it? Yeah, certainly um, I can support this journey. And, and the biggest part that's been the most helpful has been... Um, it's nothing new to everyone. Everyone hears about breath work performance um, or just breath work in general. So I tend to, instead of saying gain a strong mind, for me, it's gaining a strong connection to the physiology of you, which shifts your chemistry, which then puts your mind into the state that you want to be in. 
So for me, I teach them how to become the alchemist of their experience, and I'm going to guide you through some breathwork strategies um, that I guess I'm merging into this world. They are ancient strategies that have been around for years, but I think the beauty is I've been doing this for 19 years, so I've built credibility in this field that people are more receptive to receiving it from me. But it's all about shifting your chemistry. So I think that maybe we start with... Uh, what I wanted to today give that I feel would be the most helpful would be the morning breathwork practice, after a nap breathwork practice, and then a bedtime. It's important that we structure equals freedom. So all the athletes that I work with that are, that are understanding their me game, discovering who they are, they, these are the things that they feel so rooted in their day with because it's, it's now their go-to. It's these moments where they know they will come to a calm, present state. And from there, the next yes, the next no, the next decision is exactly what you need to do. It's not from the rut of the mind that doesn't want to be who they are, you know? So I think in the morning, do you want me to dive you right into that? Yeah, so they, and, and before we start with the morning, so morning, uh, after a nap, when we all know how that can feel sometimes, you feel guilty about taking it, you can feel like you've been hit by a truck coming out of it, and then bedtime. Um, before we start with the morning, uh, you're looking, you're trying to achieve different states, or you're trying to, I guess, get back to a state from different states in each of those three instances. And, and the one part I, like, I know we'll talk about it in a bit, but I don't want to lose, you know, for our audience here, like one thing to remember here, we think about breath work, we think about this sort of calm state, but there are tools that you use using breath work to get people to a more excited state. Because as goalies, we can be too calm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really excited. I have so many tools to share. What is the easiest ones to do? But what it is to, to I think what, what I'm understanding you're saying is essentially we all start to understand ourselves and everyone is different that say we're going to bed you just know that the energy currency going through your body in that moment whether you're in your mind you feel anxious you feel this buzz in you that you know is not helpful it's not going to help you sleep you wake up from a nap and you feel groggy you think should i have even had a nap was that even helpful oh man i gotta be ready you know so right away we can get into the red of the mind so so what these do is it brings you back to a steady state would maybe be the easiest. But, but I like to say for everyone, the most, um, mm -hmm. it's an affirmation of I am present. Everything that I'm doing is bringing them into a I am present. And I am present and down regulating because I'm about to go to bed. I am present and I'm up regulating to a point where I'm awake, I'm receptive. I've become a receptacle, I'm hearing more, I'm seeing more, I'm feeling more. So there's these moments where you know for your game specifically where you need to be. So I was speaking to some of the NHL goalies, like some of their challenges that they don't quite feel afraid anymore. They don't, they don't have that anxiety anymore, that fear anymore. And they know intuitively this is not helpful. And what it is, is it's a charge that we all hold. It's a charge um, of activation, of awake, of a ready. But some people get there because they are afraid, they are anxious. So they have these emotions that aren't quite helpful in that moment because they're afraid to mess up. 
So some people are in that state, but it's attached to worried about uh, messing up. And then there's some that are not in that state, but they know in order to be at the speed of play and to be ready and to be dialed in, they need to wake up. And, and we don't want them doing Red Bulls. We don't want them using these um, fake, whatever you want to call it, yeah. man-made substances, like in a bad way, chemical-wise. We, yeah, want we, don't to use want to fake, we don't want to fake that, we want getting to, to that state. Yeah, we want to use a substance inside of us, um, that whole get high on your own supply. Like you're just shifting your own hormones and all of a sudden you're awake, you're ready, all in three breaths. So I think that it's really important to, and I, what I call it is dialing it up. So it's a dial up. And you would do this, you could do this literally right in the middle of a game when they're at the face off and you just, you know the state you're in is not helpful. And I try to get people to go there versus there being, it's like in that moment, they're like, why did you, one of the athletes shared something that they say is like, how could you have even let that in? So there's that dialogue going in. We want, we don't want to have even any of those thoughts. It's not bad, but you're feeling that. But more so, I try to get people to feel this energy they're feeling that is not helpful. So they come right into a breath, right into their physiology, to their airway, to their bloodstream, and all of a sudden, a shift of hormones. They feel better. They're ready. So that's what's really important too. So yeah, so we'll we'll guide you into some of those. That'll just be like a quick two, three breath um, series that will either um, wake you up or it will reset you in the middle of a game. And everyone will have something different. Some of them said the hardest thing is after two shots in a row. Um, Some just not feeling that good going into the game. So they're already feeling fatigued. So some of these breath practices they would do in their stall before they head out. So you'll just have to navigate, um, the listeners here, you'll have to navigate your own experience and just, you'll know your symptom is you're not quite dialed in. And I just say, practice it at home and feel the difference and you'll know that's the feeling I want to have when I'm in the net. So therefore you use it when you're in the net. And you'll get to a point where you know whether you need to dial up or dial down to get to your state. Okay, so I interrupted your morning breathwork routine. And that would, <laughs> would that be a dial-up example? Like we all kind of wake up? I'm um, just a calm, calm presence, which means in that moment, most people, I think everyone here can relate to, you know, you have that sleep and you wake up and you have a moment where there's no thoughts in your mind. And it's like all in the next breath, you might be thinking of, why did I let that goal in yesterday? I let my, co- my goalie coach down. Man, we spent hours on that technique the other day, and I, and I screwed it up. How did I do that? You know, so the mind wants to go to the past, or it's worried about running into, and now, now you're working with that goalie coach today. So, so you just realize, you wake up, and, and you realize that you're not even in bed anymore. You're in your mind. Okay, here's when we do this shift, and this is when you build a rut to. I think it's really important to break new trail towards a new technique that is a good rut to use. So I call it just calm presence, which I think that everyone here could relate to. We always want to be calm and present and sometimes ready, sometimes dialed in, (laughs) but always calm and present, you know, to a point, right? So what this one looks like is it looks like you would wake up in the morning and I get everyone to have a liter of water beside their bed because there's also a big hydration thing. 
So first thing in the morning, they sit up in bed and they drink their liter of water. That's the same room temperature they've been breathing all night. They slowly drink it. Sometimes at first they can't drink it all, but your body is the most receptive to cellular hydration in that moment. You want to be seated while you're drinking. The body receives it better than when you're standing against gravity. And then right away you lie back down. But usually when you first wake up, I just say, bring your hands to your body. Your hands are the gateway to your nervous system. 40% of the brain communicating to hands at all time. You bring it to your body and you take a couple breaths in before you even go to get your water. And right away, you'll feel more calm. It just is what happens. So like you bring it to your body, like just put your hands on so, your chest so to your stomach. So I like or... one on the sternum that's managing the lungs, one on the belly that's managing Um, I guess the organs or the belly breath. So you're just feeling what's my quality of breath. But you feel the presence of your hands, like you become your best supporter. And that's this big self-discovery process. You are your ally. And your ally is very kind to you. Your ally knows when to just put its hand on you while you breathe, you know? So that little thing, um, whether you're a man or a woman, but I work with more men, and there's not one of them that does not feel better the instant they do that. And then from there, you would then sit up, drink your water. Maybe you drink half of it because that's what feels good. You lie back down. And I can guide you through this. But what it is, is it's simply an inhale for five in, an exhale for five out, and then it's holding out for 15. I'm assuming because of your journey here this week that it will be very hard for you to do 15 out. So you'll know right away if you're in a sympathetic response, if you can't hold 15 out, not a big deal. You just know where you did hold out and you breathe back in. Sometimes it'll be even hard for people to breathe in for five and five out. That's challenging. So I think that we, we give it a good try. Okay. And, and when, you, when I count you down to 15, like just raise your one finger to say like you're at your point. So that might be at like, six on a count out holding out where that's all you got and then we breathe you in for five breathe you out for five holding out for whatever you can having done different yoga practices with different practitioners um some say like there's nose there's mouth does it matter so this one is in through the nose out through the nose the reason for this and i'll speak to this later is Nitric oxide is produced in your nose. So nitric oxide is the dilator of the lungs. So whenever you can nasal breathe, you're receiving 20% more oxygen than if your mouth breathing in. So we always want it to be in through the nose, out through the nose, not always. But a lot of the time we want to come back there if oxygenation is what we need. But here, we're, we're stimulating um, neural pathways as well. You're opening up your um, nitric oxide as you breathe in. And with this one, you're rolling those eyes up and in. So, so what'll happen, I'll just speak to it again. You're closing your eyes, hand on the sternum, hand on the belly, or wherever it feels good for you, really. You close your eyes, you roll your eyes up and in. And in that moment, you breathe in. And you breathe out and you just get used to your eyes being there. So you will, I'll just verbalize so in, it and then eye, I'm going to guide you through. Your eyes are closed but you're trying to sort of basically look up and then in like to the up and bridge in. of your nose basically. Yeah, to the bridge of your nose or between your eyebrows we would say where the pineal gland is. 
but there's it's a Dr. Joe Dispenza thing. When you have your eyes up and in there, you can't be anywhere but in the felt body instead of the thinking body. So it gets you out of the thinking brain and into the feeling brain. So it'll be in for five, out for five, holding out for 15. The eyes say up and in the whole time. Okay. So if you're ready, okay, I will guide you this. through it. <laughs> if I pass out, you'll hear a thud on the podcast. It's been a week. Okay. I'm just have my hand down for this an This will be so good for you. Okay. I'm going to be sleeping so, in about 30 seconds here. Yeah, okay, well, we'll ready? see, right? So, so in three, two, one, just exhale out all your air. And in three, two, one, breathing in for four, three, two, one, out for four, three, two, one, holding out for 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, inhale for 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, out, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, holding out for 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, in for 5, 4, 3, 2, one out five four three two one holding out for 15 14 13 12 11 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 and we'll just pretend you did 10 so just breathing in and just holding in for a moment tuning into your heart and just how your body is feeling and just slowly opening your eyes, looking around the room while you breathe in and out, feeling the presence of your spine, your hands, your feet. Mm -hmm. Do you feel, how do you feel? Do you feel tired or? More, everything is a little sharper and a little brighter when I opened my eyes than they were before. I was sleepy before, like I was tired. It's, it has been a week. And so I was a little, yeah. I was a little flat i was i was i i need i needed i felt like i needed a nap mm -hmm. i feel a little more alert if that makes sense yeah. um just like even uh visual focus like just opening up and looking at you and looking at like we have brickwork behind us here like the detail everything was sort of fuzzy before again just sort of i was sleepy i was dozy yeah. i feel a little more alert right now mm-hmm which I'm a little surprised because, I, like I said, I, I thought this was going to make me. Fun. Like, I thought oh, I was going to fall asleep on one of these 15 second holes, and I'm like, "Yeah, I feel, I feel good. I feel good." Because never... what it does is it activates you a tiny bit because it challenges you on the out. So it's a hormetic stressor. It challenges you. So what happens is your body starts producing some endorphins. Okay. It starts shifting your chemistry because you're challenging it. And every breath in that you do that and out, but more so in after that, you're actually receiving more oxygen in your system and your body naturally, the vasculature is starting to dilate around the brain, the eyes, everywhere because, because it's feeling a little stressed, but in a conscious way, but it is being stressed. So the body releases hormones. And the longer you and some of the breath work I do, you hold right till you feel air hunger and you stay there for at least 15, 30, 60 seconds. 
And while you're in that air hunger state, your body is producing all these endorphins. It's charging you. So you start to like feel that charge and you resist the urge to breathe in because you know you're safe. You could do that for, you know, three minutes, hold your breath out. I would say lie down like this isn't something you'd be doing while driving kind of thing. Or sitting holding a microphone on a but, podcast. <laughs> but you breathe in and it's yeah, Please like, don't do the eyes closed part driving, folks. <laughs> and it's like you've just come back to life. And it's because you literally were the alchemist of your body. You just shifted your chemistry because you chose to hold the breath out to challenge it in a beautiful way. So you I, I, chose, I really did think yeah. I was gonna, like I wasn't joking like, you know, all kidding aside. I thought that this would make me help me re- because I associate breath work with relaxing and the fact that I was already fatigued. And, and again, having not done this with you before, and you, you, we, we talked about this, this is a way you can sort of activate your get ready and reset. And, and you know, I know we, we've, you know, we've got a Pete Fry, the goalie mindset guy talks about hype level and sort of getting yourself to an awareness state you need to be in. I felt more aware rather than what I expected, which was more sleepy. And the reasons why all make sense, I just never thought of it that way. Yeah, and um, I don't really relate to the the word hype. Um, Everyone will find their own word. I think it's very important to be alert, to be calm, to be ready. And for me, I tried to get them to adapt the word to become a receptacle, where you are receiving, you're hearing more, you're seeing more, you're hearing the puck before you see it. So, So you're starting to connect with your environment more. You just feel the presence not only of you and the heartbeat of you, the spine of you, but you're starting to feel the presence of even maybe the air is a little cool right now. It's cooler coming in than it's leaving. You're just starting to become more primal. But it is just, um, yeah, calm and present, I think, is the most beautiful two words to represent that, which is how you want to start your day. And, and if you didn't have what I would say to that, to dial it in, is like if all you had you know you're running late. If all you did was two of those, that would be beautiful too. So I say to do 10, but really like, if all you have is time to do even one of those, it will dramatically shift your life because it's just this, this like point that is crisp and clear in that moment. One thing before we move on to like maybe into the other tools and how they change to achieve different states throughout a day or to get back to where you want to be from different states is maybe a better way of putting it as your day goes on. Um, you had talked about just sticking with sort of morning, you had talked about journaling and uh, I can't remember the word dopamine. <laughs> Dopacord. Dopacord. There we go. See, I'm not that <laughs> well, bright. Well, I actually um, made that word. You know, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> William, so okay. William Shakespeare came up with um, 25,000 words and they're now in the dictionary. So I tend to create my own words and now I just say that they're words. <laughs> okay, so, so dope accord and journaling. Um, how does that play a role? Like, say, we've just done our morning breathing, we're feeling, feeling more awake before we start our day, head out the door, we've drank our liter of water. What are you recording? And does that start in the morning? Yep. Yep. For sure. So, so I call it productive processing, which is journaling, but I think, um, people can, cause it's all about the process, right? And we all talk about that. It's about the process, um, and being productive within it. So the journaling. So essentially I give all my, um, athletes that I'm working with, um, like Capo today, uh, he has eight elemental practices. He ta- he's taken home with him. 
So there are eight things that he's going to navigate and merge into his day, which is his own self-discovery process, his own me game. And there's essentially that. And then there's a dope accord that is attached to that, which to me is a record of dopamine hits. So it's essentially this sheet that has checkboxes for you to now do those elemental practices all day. One of the elemental practices is journaling. Also, I call productive processing. So in the morning, you would essentially have your water, do your breath work right away while you're in that state of being calm, present in that moment. You would then just sit down and the questions are um, pretty similar. It's like, um, what are three things I'm grateful for? Um, what would make today great? So it's um, certain things that they checkpoints that they want to achieve. And then it's um, three I am statements where it's like, I'm calm, I'm receptive. And how I spoke to it with um, one of the athletes today was just, you know, maybe you have a conversation with your coach that day and you know that um, it's going to be hard. You might not want to hear what you're about to say. It's a coach you've had experiences with before that are not always receptive or it's not always easy to hear right so maybe that day your I am statement is um, I'm calm and then the next one is I'm present and um, I am strong something like that so then you start thinking what would calm breathe like what would calm look like how would calm hold their posture so so they start to wrap their mind around not just saying I'm calm but to be like how does calm behave so it's just those three. And then at the end of the day, it's a little bit of what went well, what could have gone better, what am I proud of, what are things that I need to forgive myself for, and, and what are things that I know I need support with, who can support me, what do I need support with, and how can they support me, and what am I, who am I going to talk to within the next 24 to 72 hours. So for players, it's really important for them to, the young players I spoke to, them they're in the self-discovery process it's slowly starting to be you need to have your own opinion it's not about what your parents think what anyone thinks sorry parents out there but it's like once they're 16 17 they, they need to have a little bit of an opinion you know and they have to develop their ego have some humbleness but for them to understand do i need to look at video do i need the coach to write it out for me how can my coach how can i help my coach help me so they need to become clear on what it is they need and how can someone help them. And that's the most empowering thing that anyone can give anyone and for them to just know that. I think what would be helpful is if I spoke about what I think went wrong that day, how I could have gone better, and then the coach speaks to that. So whatever it is, they start to understand who they are and what happens is with this productive processing, they start to see a pattern. Hmm... I keep not drinking enough water, something simple like that. Mm, I keep being hard on myself. I keep, um, you know, some of them, like, their goal was to be kind. Like, these kids are so, like, sweet. It's like, I just want to be kind. Okay, well, what does not being kind look like? It's like, well, my mom's talking to me, and, and I'm just tired, and I, and I just want to be alone for a moment, and I'm short with her. And then after, I feel, you know, I don't feel good about that because that's right. not kind. So for these athletes, they learn that and then they slowly learn how to support their mom to help them. <laughs> mom, when I come home, I just need about 10 minutes alone. 
before I come out and have a conversation about the game. So that productive processing is so important, no matter if you're coming home to your wife and your kids. It's like really understanding, being obsessed about yourself. What do you need and how can the people around you be your ally? How can you be your ally? So that's what that is for. And then the other dopa cord is just guiding them through their morning routine, their after nap routine, their bedtime routine. And then these today, I think we're just going to focus, focus on two specific strategies that they can use whenever they feel they need it. Okay. The other ones are the structure. Okay. So just quickly that, that, that whether it's 10 minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes that I need mom post game, is that, are, are there that a time within which they're using tools to sort of get back into a better emotional state? Or is that just time they need just to, to process? Like, are there tools that they take in that time or is recognizing the need to have that time enough of a tool? Yep, recognizing that they need to have that time because they, they will be setting aside their time for their morning, their nap, their bedtime routine. That um, journaling, I wanted to say it takes five minutes to do it. It sounds like a lot, but really when you do it every day, it takes about five minutes and so not a lot of time investment to understand who you are. I was going to say, I mean, it's funny because I, as we were preparing for this interview, like I make notes on my phone. I don't know if journaling, you need the physical act of writing and handwriting it out. I don't know if that's part of it, but like all of these kids are attached to their phones. You open up the notes app and you make notes throughout the day. Yep. So they can certainly use that. What they'll find is they might be a little more authentic and truthful if they're actually writing it out by hand, because to spell it out, you're, you're actually feeling the essence of the word more than when you're typing it out. It's like to spell is to cast a spell. So when you're writing, it taps into a different part of your brain. And, and it's, it's good to have a pen and paper. And then it gives you a moment of not being on your phone because sure. that is one of the biggest things that I spoke to them about. Like they sh really shouldn't be on their phone three hours before, before a game. Like it, it really messes up your, um, your ability to navigate with your eyes. I think I, I swore in those moments, keep getting, keeping their attention, but it's just like it messes with you because the reality is our phone is not, there's nothing real. And there's some things that are hard for me to understand when we're doing these video games that are goalie related and that because I think it might create some patterns, but it's not real. You're looking through all these pixels and it's hard on your, on your eyes. So for me, it's just, it's better to be off the phone, to have that journaling and to just like fully disconnect with the outside world. It's not to not care about the outside environment, but we need to care more about our inside environment, our own opinions, what's coming up for us, what do we need, how do I feel in the most productive, self-compassionate way to utilize these two tools to come into a calm state where we're on our phone, but at the same time, do what's good for you. Like you're navigating your own experience. So if for you, it feels good to use your phone and that feels easy. Beautiful. Do that. Or it might feel good to go and actually get a journal that, um, you know, looks a certain way is a certain color, a certain pen. And you'll find a lot of goalies. They're very particular and they're relatively obsessed. So they, they relate to the self-obsessed journey because they, they're obsessed with their position so it's not uncommon for them to be like, oh, I'm going to go get a really good journal that'll be this color. And they liked, they actually like it. And then you can draw, you can do whatever you want, but it, it's a way to get out of the thinking brain again. It's the mental, emotional, me, mental, emotional game. 
So it kind of makes sense to me that you would attach some emotion to the act of writing and even choosing what you write with. That, that actually makes totally. perfect sense to me. And every time you look at it, like for me, this one, I love that it's green. I love that it's a tree. I believe that it, every time I look at it, I feel more rooted. I feel more grounded. And it's kind of the same as like that goalie mask you put on all these little rituals. Like I live a life of ritual. It's like I have this pen and, and this and it travels with me everywhere. Because for me, the sooner I get it out of my mind and onto paper, the better. And, and truly, a lot of these athletes, they want that. When they come in for treatments and that, they have their own book. They don't want to be holding a phone and connected to this um, charge anymore. Because the more they start to feel more primal, they, they just don't want to. It doesn't feel right. But yeah. Okay. So you talked about, we were talking about two tools. Um, the morning one, and that being something that like heightened, you know, my brief experience with that heightened uh, alertness, uh, sort of awake feeling. Um, is that the sort of uh, get yourself up breath work or is there something different? Like- I think for you, because you were in an alt, you were in a different altered state, it just brought you to a baseline of what okay. normal feels like. Or so, could feel like. so there's something else to get us to the prepared to play state. Yep. So the next, um, so yeah, let's do that. And then, and then we can speak about the nap and bedtime. They're, they're relatively um, easy ones. So yeah, the dial in one, I call it um, dialing in. This one is one that maybe you use instead of having a cup of coffee. Um, maybe you use it a lot of, I have instead a lot. Instead of a Red Bull, maybe for some of us <laughs> who have really bad habits that we shouldn't. Yeah. And I actually, I shared it with two coaches out there because I'm so, I'm just like salivating over this stuff because it's changed my life so much. So I saw two coaches and right away I was like, hey, you want some tools to wake up? And they're like, yes, please. So I guided them through it and they both right away were said that they're going to use it on their way driving to the rink because just three breaths, it, it just changed, changed their state. And, and it's changing what would be um, maybe your negative, maybe your whatever you might say, however you feel, right? I think that it's important to get to know our emotions, <laughs> um, but we don't always need to name it, but we just feel that charge that isn't helpful, whether it's down or up. This one just like dials you in. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So what it looks like is essentially you're just, you can be sitting right there. This one might be a little um, loud for the mic. But it's, it's, the lips are in a shape of like um, sipping on a straw. So I always say just pretend you're, you're drinking in like a um, shake that's the best shake of your life, but you're not going to get brain freeze. But it's thick, right? It's like this thick shape, shake that you're trying to like get up the straw. So it sounds a little bit like... Yeah, <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. And, and what it looks like. So, so what you're doing there is you're, you're creating a tunnel, a wind tunnel with your lips and you're just sucking there in the head staying neutral and the eyes are communicating to one object. So you would just look across the room and maybe you would look at this bag here, but I'll get you to look at me first. So, so you're looking at one object intentfully and then it's a sip in and then it's, yeah. So it's a little bit, if you were to be, um, to imitate like an animal panting, it's like, so that exhale, that's what the exhale is like. Okay. 
So it's in through a straw. One more. So, so you're going to do one where you activate your vision in more of an isolated spot. So again, this is one that you could do before you leave your vehicle. This is one that you could do where maybe you just had two shots on the net and, and maybe you're even in an anxious state, but you want to recalibrate. You want to like recenter. This will dial you in. It's not, it's not amping you up or gaining energy. It's just like bringing you into a center point where you are ready. Okay. So you might two shots just went in the net and you're, and you're looking around, you have your drink of water and you just choose to see a spot on maybe even on the net where you look at that one spot and you do these three sips in. It can also be there at the face off and you're here. It can also be it's in the offensive and, and you see that the play is starting to shift and you choose to and you do maybe just two because you start to play around with it. You're like, oh, I like that level because you're really the more you do it, the more you're amping yourself up where you start to feel a little dizzy because you quickly wake kind of up. felt like tingling a little bit in the back yep. of the head. I don't know if that's normal. It, it can be for sure. So what you're doing, air is channeling through your throat quite um, rapidly. The throat is oscillating, resetting, communicating to the vagus nerve. At the same time, the eyes are looking at an object. They are oscillating. The eyes connected to the optic nerve, connected to the brain, frontal lobe. So as you're doing this, not only are you having like a nervous system reset through the vagus nerve, you're also waking up the frontal lobe of the brain that says, I'm ready, I'm awake, I'm alert, I hear you. Okay, so let's do that. So, so some, this is why it's so good to plan this when you're not on the ice because you'll figure out what feels good for you. But it's very important that you're aware of your feet, aware of your hands. So some, some um, goalies or players, they have to give their feet a little wiggle and sometimes they just jump up and down and they just like get that going. But just even being present, but I say in, in about three breaths, you'll normalize. So let yourself float a little bit, really hear, see, smell, feel the breeze, feel the air coming in that's cooler now. You're just more aware, awake, again, becoming that receptacle. So let's just do um, three of those where you're actually, like maybe you're just literally looking at this one little dot here. And, and your hands would be on your thighs. If this was like, say you were, um, if they just get off my treatment table, this is the first thing I do with them. It's like, wakey, wakey. <laughs> okay. So you're there aware of your feet. So in three, two, one, exhale, looking intently at the small dot and breathing in. And sometimes it feels good to do a final one and hold it in. Let's do one more and hold it in for you. Okay. And you're just oh, gonna, yeah, yeah hold, oh, it hold it in, hold it in. Looking, looking. Maybe you look around the room. And you exhale. And you'll notice you just feel charged. Like the charge in your body was shifted. Maybe the battery was getting low. <laughs> and you just shifted that charge back up. And now you're like, ooh, I'm back online. But it really, it sends cortisol, it shifts your hormonal state, and that's why you feel different. That's what I love about this. You really become the alchemist. And you don't need to eat a meal to wait till tomorrow to know if you ate right the day before like this. It's like so instant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you play with it 
And so you play with it, try it, like you said, in the car, maybe on the way into the rink. And as you get more comfortable with it and where it takes you, it can become a, a tool you use totally. in game on the ice to keep yourself, like you said, or get yourself mm -hmm. ready for that next play in the moment, focused. Yeah, activated. Like some will use it, you know, when you get in that routine where you, you come to the rink and some of them like to go onto the bench for a little bit, give themselves a moment. So right there, they would look at something right on the bench and do a couple of the sipping breaths. And then they'd come out when they when they land on the ice and they're doing their hip motions and that they would look at a little spot on the ice, just doing a few. And it doesn't have to always be so intent, intense, but it's enough that you're you're firing up that frontal lobe of the brain that's ready to respond, which is what we want. Right. So that's our dial in. Yep. Is there one that helps us come down if we're agitated or or stressed or focusing on the wrong things? I guess in both cases, they get you in the moment. But if we're starting to project to the future or what the heck just happened, like, I guess that one would work yeah, too. Yeah, you're in a bit of like an angry state, frustrated, like, I don't know, the feeling of like the unknown, like just that. Stressed. Yes. Heart racing. Yeah. Is there one that can, can we use that one too? Or do we have one that brings us down a bit? No, I would use a different one. Okay. So one of the most, if you can, anytime you can remove the vision, meaning close the eyes, that will always help you. So, so we again, not while driving, not while driving. Yeah. Be smart, be smart, self-responsible. <laughs> um, so, so you would use this. I gave you an, an example last year, but I'll, I'll guide you guys through it again. Cause this one is honestly one of the most powerful ones that has literally helped so many athletes. But if we were to speak to the goalie, it would be easily the goalie that one shot, two shot, you know, both were, both were in the net right away. And, and you know, it's the beginning of the game. You need to reset. You need to reset now. So what happens is you turn around and, and I'll just guide you through it because I think we don't even need to talk through this one. Everyone listening can play along. So it's just, just visualizing that, that process, visualizing this charge that you're feeling in your throat, your forehead, your gut, and, and you decide to, everyone turns towards the net to have a moment. And in that moment, maybe you grab onto your water bottle, but you choose to close your eyes for two breaths. So you close your eyes, you roll your eyes up and in, and you breathe in, and you hold for about five seconds. You breathe out. You hold out for five seconds and you do one more of those breathing in, holding in, breathing out, holding out, eyes stay up and in. Then you slowly open your eyes and you're just looking at um, the frame of the net and you breathe in and you hold it for five seconds. You breathe out, you hold it out for five seconds. And then slowly, maybe you have your sip of water, you look up, you see the, the frame in the background, maybe you see the color blue. You look at it, you breathe in for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds. It sounds like a lot of time, but it's not. And then you breathe in again while you were looking, you were seeing. You exhale, you let go, you put the water bottle back, you turn around, everyone's getting set up the blue line. While you're seeing, the eyes are open and you're looking, you breathe in, you hold in for five. You breathe out, you hold out for five. You're back. You never got into the rut of the mind. You didn't waste any energy wanting things to be anything other than they obviously are. You are 
just allowing what is real to be real. There's two shots already up on the scoreboard against you and all is well. But you were able to all in one, two, three, four, five, six, like eight breaths, which is not that much. You're back in the game. You never got into the rut to the mind. You didn't waste any energy there. You shifted your, your energy downward. So to, to make that, the essence is the holding in for five, the holding out for five. Vision can be closed. Eyes rolled up and in is the quickest way to come out of the thinking brain and to give yourself a moment. Like if I was to give people two breaths to really calm themselves down, maybe it's before an exam, maybe it's, you know, before anything. It would be maybe you even go to the bathroom, you close your eyes, you roll your eyes up and in and you breathe in and you hold it in for five, out for five, you breathe in again, hold it in. So it's just about that long. But in the heat of the moment, your inhale might actually be two seconds in. It might be two seconds out. So you're just kind of holding it in to that point where you just gave yourself a pause. You slowed down time. All of a sudden, everything is okay. And you just start again, but you're still alert and awake in that moment. But you can do it literally. Some of my players, one of their favorites is they'll just see a shift in, in the play where it's in the offensive. They're seeing um, the play happening, right? They're seeing who's out on the ice. And in that moment, they are inhaling while they are looking, holding the air in. They're exhaling while they're looking, holding the air out. And it's a moment where they truly feel planted in their arches, in their feet. They're not being pulled forward by what's coming at them. They're not being pushed back by what's coming at them. They are holding the gateway to the kingdom. And they're going to be the one that's dictating what happens here, you know? But it's that quick, like, and it can be just one breath that you just choose to do a hold in and a hold out. And the eyes are still open. But you can see, even as I'm talking through it, it's like, oh, yeah, that would be a really quick shift to downregulate in a way, to just shift. Yeah. Um, naps, we're trying, what are we, are we trying to up or down regulate off of that? <laughs> okay, so this is, so after a nap. Because we all know that feeling. We all, we, everybody knows it. If you don't, you're not normal. I'm just kidding, but. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with you, no. Um, mm-hmm. So what you're doing is you're, while you're coming back to reality and, and hopefully the reality is to be calm, present and, and awake. So I call it a recalibration because there is that um, where you just literally feel like you're like you need to recalibrate. You need to attune yourself just like an instrument that's gone out of tune. We need to recalibrate after a nap. And, and even if you had a good nap or not, it's just getting into these routines. The power of this routine, or I like to call it a ritual, is a steady stance. It's a felt sense of something you always go to that's just no different than the socks that you choose to wear or whatever. Instead, this is just what you do. So what it is, is it's alternate nasal breathing. There's many great things out of this. One Um, I'm trying to remember if it was before we got on this or not, but in the nose, when you breathe in the nose, you're receiving nitric oxide. Yeah. You you, you mentioned that off the the wake up one. Yeah. So, so it's produced in the nose and we all know that we, we want to have an open airway 
And the reality is we also want um, to have less tension around the eyes, the ears, the nose, the face. Like the face is the most important part of the body and no one we went through a bunch of um, awakening and stretching techniques. And one of my most uploaded video on YouTube is, is this face um, mobility sequence. We talked about that last yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this time I would guide them through it before there. And they really, it really, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, my eyes feel better. My ice, I'm smelling actually, I can hear better. So this stimulates the airway of the nose. It opens up the sinuses and it oxygenates your system and it puts you into like a rhythmical breathing which is always the best way to harmonize the body um, so this one you were seated up so you'd be in a seated position so you'd get up on your bed seated position and and if they can cross their legs they would do that so you're always aware you're aware of your tailbone right now aware of your spine okay so you're using your right hand, the middle finger of your right hand is just coming up to your forehead. The pinky can navigate down to the left nostril and then lifting that and then the thumb to the right nostril. So I'm just gonna guide you straight through this. You want to feel that your belly is rising and falling versus your chest and your neck, if you can, okay? So in three, two, one, just exhale out all your air. You're going to block your um, right side with your thumb, and then you're going to breathe in your left for five, four, three, two, one. Blocking your left with your pinky, breathe out with your right nose. And five, four, three, two, one. Coming in through the right. Five, four, three, two, one. Blocking the right, coming out through the left. Five, four, three, two, one. Coming in through the left. Five, four, three, two, one. Blocking the left. Coming out through the right. Five, four, three, two, one. In the right. Five, four, three, two, one. Blocking the right. Out through the left. And five, four, three, two, one, and then you're coming in on the left. Five, four, three, two, one. Just hold that breath in. Bring your hands down. Keep the eyes rolled up and in. I'm not sure if I said that actually. And then you just slowly exhale out. And then you would then just feel how you feel. And then you'd open the gateway to the nervous system, the eyes. While the eyes are connecting with the room, can you still feel your breathing in and out? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at his face, seeing how he feels. <laughs> Again, like I just feel a little more, like the room's a little brighter. The details are a little sharper. Mm -hmm. I feel a little more awake. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know if that's what it was supposed to do, but that's totally. just sort of how I feel. Yeah, you're just connected. Yeah. To, to the environment alert. outside, alert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, sometimes when I've been talking a while, I'm like, did I say that or not? So, so the eyes are always rolled up and in on this one again. Yeah, I didn't say that at the beginning, but people hear that and then go through it again. And that's, and that's it's interesting because there was a couple times in the earlier ones where I'm like, oh, I feel like they had come back to middle and I had to think about putting them up there. I guess that gets easier with time. 
It gets easier with time because it's actually a really hard position to hold. You need a lot of eye strength there. I was gonna say, I got soft eyes because like, or like hashtag soft, like uh, I, it was actually like a strain to sort of hold them there for too long. Yeah, yeah. so you might just come midway where it feels good. So, so yeah, you would sit up, you would roll your eyes up and in, eyes would be closed, you're present in the spine of you, tailbone of you. And then you bring that middle finger to right between the eyebrows, which can be a good cue of where to bring your eyes to. And then the thumb blocks the right, the pinky blocks the left. And then you're in through one, out through the other, in through the other, out through. And then you just dive through that. But what you're doing is you're receiving all this nitric oxygen, which means you're bringing in 20% more oxygen. You're also lighting up the frontal brain you're also coming into the felt brain, which is just the feeling of being in and of your body, which is the state we want to be playing hockey in. We don't want to be playing when we are analytical, when we are thinking. It's not helpful at that point. It never is. Okay. So hopefully that was helpful for everyone. But you'll see that even if you did that with us, even if you didn't roll your eyes up and in after you're like, oh, wow, I, I feel a shift. And that's the biggest thing is you slowly, you're, you're aware you had a shift. You're aware of how it felt for you. Every time you do it, that shift will look different. And if your intention going into it, that's why I put words to it, recalibration. If your intention is to recalibrate yourself, you will get that because that's just what you said. If your intention was, oh, I'm, I'm actually going to sleep, you might get that. Right. So, so I'm recalibrating right now. I'm gaining, gaining a calm present state in the morning right now. Um, yeah. So I think that we had one more that we were going to go through. The yeah. bedtime. We can do that one. <laughs> we can, we can do, do that one. This one is so easy. There's going to be a lot of repetition, which I feel is really um, um, helpful. This one, it's literally that same, here you are going to bedtime. But also what I would share, and, and I hope this doesn't confuse things for people. It's kind of like going to the grocery store and all you want is Kellogg's. And now there's five brands of Kellogg's. It's like, oh man, what do I use? So, so this is a technique that you can use in many different areas. I'm saying for bedtime, which I think you should use it there. Yet, it's, it would be the most beautiful thing for you to use after a game when you're now foam rolling, you're stretching, you could come into it even then, where you're already choosing to come out of the mind. You know it's not helpful. Maybe after the game, right away, you sat down with your PM journal and you just got out what you needed to get out so that you can move forward. Tomorrow, you'll be productive with what you wrote down, and now you just know you need to downregulate you need to be kind to yourself, compassionate. You need to get yourself into a rest recovery state. So, so anytime you're really done, and, and this one, you, your eyes are closed. Um, so if you were to go, we'll just do it at bedtime. Essentially, you would do your entire routine. I have an entire bedtime routine for everyone. Um, but essentially, once you land in bed, you would bring your hands to your body. And, and I think it's so important whether you have like a partner in your life, girlfriend, boyfriend, for you to have this moment to just even do this for a little bit, because it's so important to come into peace within you. And then you can claim peace with someone else, you know, kind of thing. So you bring your hand to your sternum, to your belly, 
and you just start breathing in, or you roll your eyes up and in. So hands on the sternum, the belly, eyes closed, eyes roll up and in. And then you breathe in and you hold for five, four, three, two, one. You exhale nice and long. And you hold out for five, four, three, two, one. You feel your hands rising as you breathe in. And you hold in for five, four, three, two, one. Softening the eyes, eyes roll up and in, tongue, jaw, face, relax. Exhaling out, holding out for five, four, three, two, one. And essentially, you just like ride that wave. And because you're doing this conscious, connected breathing, you're feeling the body rise and fall, all the fluids in the body, the sack of skin that you're in that's full of water, ligaments, tendons, bones, blood, everything that helps you do what you need to do, you just connect to that and you feel it rise and you feel it fall. And just like an ocean, you just start to um, harmonize yourself that way. The most essential component of that is the rolling the eyes up and in. And you might only be able to hold that for like three breaths. Maybe you come out and you come back in, but you'll feel right away that brings you out of the thinking brain. And that's the biggest thing that I try to get everyone to do. We don't need a thinking brain. We need a present brain that is witnessing our thoughts, witnessing what we are experiencing, witnessing what we are feeling. And then we need to be productive with that and understand what is helpful for me, what is not helpful for me, where do I need tools, what do I need to do right now. And we only learn that by going through all these different storms in life and these different challenges. So so we need that. But yeah, that's the easy one. You could even do it on the bus where you're you're just cyclic, um, cycling through it, conscious, connected. We call it circular breathing. And you just slowly start to feel the whole skin sack you're in rise and fall. It's no different than if you're in a body of water and you breathe in, you float to the surface and down. You can start to feel that. And, and you'll, by the time you get home, if you're on a bus or if you start doing it when you're foam rolling and that, instead of um, talking to someone and being outside, come inside, close the eyes. At that point, it's about you, and it's about you coming into a calm, present state, and it's about you um, down-regulating yourself, which is coming into rest, recovery, regeneration. Yeah. I love it. I actually probably, as we stopped it, if I'd stood up, we would have been in trouble there. <laughs> I, I felt like, whoa. Um, so there's so much. These are great tools. They're part of a bigger sort of plan and program that you have the elemental athlete the system that's a great word for it. i was trying to find the right word um where we're gonna we're gonna hopefully if uh if i didn't mess up the video we're gonna share some of these tools at ingolmag.com but where for those that want to get a hold of you to follow up on this that 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 went through these that tried the breath work that felt the results that want to take the next step um you know have that assistance have that help in terms of how they're walking through these techniques and these tools to get the most out of them. Where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so they would, um, if you are on Instagram, it would be the Elemental Athlete um, platform. 
and I have lots of videos on there. That's how I tend to, it's the easiest way for me to share. And I do a recalibration Wednesday. Every Wednesday, there's a new technique that comes out. So on there, you'll have access to where my website is, the YouTube channel, how to direct message me. And then from there, you can also come to my website. It's the Elemental Being, which is the umbrella that um, is on top of the Elemental Athlete. And from there, you can contact me through that. Right now, I have a lot of free content out there. And, you know, it's really rare for someone that's been in the field for 20 years that primarily works with NHL players. People pay you privately to be so generous with knowledge and so generous with my time. But I really believe I'm doing this because I just love giving people tools to navigate the human experience. And I just happen to always be drawn to the athlete and to the goalies that just want to be um, free, you know, in a way. And I love that like warrior in them. And, and I really love the opportunity to come forward into life at 100%. And I think sports gives us that. So for me, I've just really been passionate to pay it forward, you know, and, and a lot of people, I was on the ice with Adam Oates and I'm on the ice with Adam Francilia and they're so, they're so busy and it's hard. They have so much knowledge that no one knows about, you know, and mine, I could keep to myself and I could keep it as this, you know, but I, I just choose not to, I choose to be generous with it. I hope that your listeners find some tools to help navigate the experience. And if you want to, yeah, if you want to dive deeper into because everyone has these different arenas where it's at school whether they're living with a billet they're away from home their girlfriend is at home like there's so many raw real experiences that that we're all navigating and I think I have a gift at just like connecting with everyone no matter what age of where are you at okay here's a tool to use and sometimes we'll dive into the, the what the why a little bit deeper but mostly it's just shifting the chemistry and but I would love the opportunity to work with those of you that are really, really passionate and really want to dive into one specific arena. And you just send me a direct message and, and let's see what we can do. In the meantime, navigate through YouTube, through my social media. There's so many, re so many resources there. Find one and just merge that into your schedule every day. Just do one. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Brandy, thank you for making time for us in your schedule at the end of a crazy busy week. Uh, it's sincerely appreciated. I know the people listening are going to get a lot out of this. Absolutely. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow. That was so cool. And to be able to get involved and try this exercise as you guys are talking about it and working our way through it was neat. And, and I'm talking to all the listeners. You were doing it, right? Like you, you were doing it right there with me. I know it. And uh, thanks, Woody. That was, that was a lot of fun. Well, I was, the funny thing is I was exhausted, right? Like we, we connected at the end of Net360 camp. Uh, Hutch had to leave uh, a day early. So the last day I was sort of trying to get a bunch of stuff done by myself. And I like, it's, it's a long week. Like it was a long week and I was wiped. And so the one that was sort of designed to sort of wake you up, you know, that one she talked about sort of using as you're coming out of a pregame nap to sort of get you ready and, and back focused, you feel it, right? And then everyone that did it alongside there would have would have felt it as well. Like you, you, you do feel sort of the change in your sensory and the way you're perceiving and receiving things like 
my focus, things in the room just appeared a little sharper after doing that one. And I was, to be honest, about ready for a nap. So yeah, they work. Try them. See if they fit in your game. It's like, it's what we're all about here at Ingle. Whether it's IngleMag.com with new articles every week or the podcast, we want to share tools with you that might help you be better as a goalie. Doesn't mean you're going to adopt all of them, but try them. Take the ones you like, add them to your game, throw the ones you don't like to the side. But chances are in the end, you'll find the ones that'll make you better. And that's what we're all about here. So much of goaltending is focused on controlling your emotions and being calm, cool, and focused. But I like the idea of, at times, getting yourself fired up in in a very managed situation. Getting your uh, adrenaline going and, and maybe your, your heart rate going a, a little bit just from uh, the mind side of it. I think in, in a certain position, maybe you're not getting a lot of action or uh, you're getting ready for a practice that's, uh, that's important and you're, you're not feeling it. But like, get yourself pumped up a little bit. Start of a period. Start yeah. of the game. Like, I think we've all felt it where like you're not, you know, you're not quite dialed in at the beginning. And the next thing you know, one's by you and you sort of find your game. And you're like, man, I wish I was, I, I went through that for a long time. I mean, at the end of the day, I suck. And that's the problem. But I, I would like show up at beer league games and it would t- like, it would take me five to yeah. 10 minutes to get into the game. And by then chances are we were down because I sucked and I wasn't ready. So, um, that ability to sort of get yourself a Mentally. little bit hyped up. Yeah. yeah. Just focused and sharp and ready to go. It's, um, it makes a ton of sense, and I think anybody that participated as you're doing those breathing techniques probably quickly recognize that that this stuff works. I can't wait to do it again. Honestly, as soon as we say goodbye, uh, which it's it's almost time for here, uh, but uh, a couple of great feature interviews from the the Godfather of uh, goaltending uh, with Ian Clark, who's been such a great uh, contributor to Ingol radio the podcast and in goal mag uh, and uh, then brandy osborne on the mental side and uh dealing with the the gear segment uh with with cam we've had some fun today yeah we have we have and uh we've got lots more fun coming you know it's been a little bit they've been a little sporadic little gaps not quite every week as we get through sort of these dog days of august and september and all the travel um, but we got some great things lined up as as the nhl gets going again and and players start coming through the city here in vancouver we've got some great interviews that we're going to get all set up and yeah, it's you know, time for, you know what it's, else we're going to see it's soon? Our, it's our breathing technique to get ready for yeah. the season. It's time to channel all that. In the next week, we're going to see everybody's new buckets unveiled. And that's always a, a fun time of the year. New, new kits, new uh, patterns, new uh, graphics. Yeah, that's, that's great. Devin Levi's uh, Buffalo Sabre with the, with the swords on the bottom are, are awesome on the pads. But, but everybody's new mask is always a fun time for that's true. And, and gears, you're right. Like, what are we going to see? Some switches. We saw Stuart Skinner switch yeah. over to the new XF line, which we knew was coming. So we were kind of like eagerly awaiting that one because uh, we'd heard about it while we were in, in Montreal with CCM. Uh, any other switches around the league? Buckets, designs, custom. It's that time of year. It's fun. I'm about to switch. Switch off and go do some breathing. That's it. Hey, uh, Thanks to uh, Hutch for doing all the hard work uh, off the air with us. Uh, he's on assignment right now. We'll tell you all about that in the next couple of episodes. Uh, but he's the one that puts this whole thing together. Uh, Cam, uh, Brandy, uh, Ian, of course, Woody for just 
killing it every single week. Uh, he is uh, the heart and soul of uh, of the content here at In Goal Mag. Uh, thank you for listening because uh, you make it all work. Uh, thanks for being part of uh, this wonderful journey of goaltending. We'll talk to you next week on In Goal Radio, the podcast presented by The Hockey Shop, source for sports Langley, thehockeyshop.com.